¿Qué onda, mi gente? Eres Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito, the host. This episode is titled, Is Our Latinidad Defined by Our Food? The first topic we talk about is exactly that. DC Comics made some alternate cover versions of some superhero uh, comic books, like Green Lantern, and basically they changed a lot of the, the images to be food-centric. Tamales, empanadas, tacos, platanitos, um, etc. And so me and Sofia kind of dive into that at the beginning of the episode. Then we cover some of the topics that are ongoing, such as Dark Brandon rising, the red pill situation, um, old white guy TikTok, etc. And then we jump into Better Call Saul season finale and series recap with Sofia. She finally finished the series, so we saved that topic for the end of the show. We will do it. There will be a spoiler alert in the audio as well, um, so you can skip that part if you haven't finished Better Call Saul. Uh, two Noname's two ways at the end, and that wraps up the episode. There is, after I sign off here, a two-minute intro song by the homie Kirk Rewan. And then we're right into it. So, as always, enjoy the show. Tú eres tan romántico, molestando con una vipa. Me pregunta si te quiero. Yo te digo que no estoy lista y no quiero comenzar. No hay nada que empezar. Yo te dejaré atrás. Ni esta gana más y más. No estás en mi nivel y no eres un No estás motivada y tú aburres el corazón. What is up, mi gente? It is your boy, Lou Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito, live with you on a Thursday. Mi gente show live from Southern California, the Burrito Lounge in Chula Vista, as well as Southern Chula Vista, with my lovely co-host, Miss Ad Sofia Carrillo. How are you doing today, Sofia? Hi. Hello. Hola, mi gente. ¿Cómo están todos? How are you doing, Lou? I'm doing <sighs> fine. It's a Thursday. Warm. It's warm. It's hot. Yeah, this weather. Labor Day it, weekend, and we're going to be in a heat wave. Yeah. I mean, um, 
San Diego, I mean, for anybody listening um, from, you know, we got listeners from, uh, I was looking at the Podbean stats today. We have listeners from Europe, like Germany, Canada, different places across the map. But San Diego, we're spoiled because I always say San Diego has, you know, it's got like 10 to 15 really hot, uncomfortable days in the summer at the most, and probably five to 10 uncomfortably cold days in the winter. And it's got about five to 10 rainy days the entire year. Um, And the rest of the time, whether it's January, June, July, it's usually perfect. Yeah. So this is, this is, and I haven't had to turn my AC on or anything the entire summer. So this is going to be the the five or six days, uh, the heat wave. We might get one more heat wave before fall, but, but this is the, especially for like Southern San Diego. I mean, I used to, I used to get off of work in Miramar and the temperature would be like 96, 94, 95. I'd get down to Chula Vista and it was like 80. 85 86 it's always like 10 to, i mean we got microclimates here so anything north of like the the eight mm-hmm. anything up there is going to be like a lot harder than like anything out here in the south but mm-hmm. anyway me hint this show live and direct um mm-hmm. if you guys are watching uh make sure you're following us across all platforms mm-hmm. Thank you to everybody that's listening across all mm-hmm. pod, uh, podcasts. If you are listening to this, make sure you are following, like, give us a rating. It helps out the algorithm. If you're watching this live, go ahead and leave a like or a comment. Let us know you stopped by. It also helps us out a lot. And as always, it's two Latinos in a microphone or reacting to news and culture from a Latinx perspective. So uh, any any personal news or stories to report uh. on from your end, Ms. Sophia? Um, I'm trying to think of something. Nope, just a lot of dog stuff this week. Um, uh, but nothing particularly interesting. What about yourself? <clears throat> no, not much. Um, honestly, um, just a lot of a lot of work, and um, mm-hmm. I had I had some uh some health stuff the last couple of weeks. Uh, just kind of you know you know everybody. I, I I said I was dealing with uh being labeled as diabetic uh, from the mm-hmm. classic fuck around, find out part of my health uh, life. Um, but that seems to be going pretty well. Uh, and everything else, uh, it's just trying to keep the the dogs. It's hard having a dog during the summer because there's certain days you can't take them out, you know, because their paws mm-hmm. and the concrete and stuff like that. So, and I haven't had a real fluffy dog in a while and he's kind of going through it where, you know, Ooh fleas etc yeah uh also and shadow both going through it uh but yeah so the main um so the main thing that we were going to touch on first before before we get on to uh, other fun stuff we got some no namis way we got some tabs we got some funny stuff that happened this week um is hispanic heritage months uh mm-hmm. is starting middle of the month because we're not on time right that's the joke right yeah heritage month starts on september 15th mm-hmm. and and right off top Right, right, right off the rip, um, they start. They, they, the shenanigans begin, oh, and and by shenanigans I mean uh, this 
And that's the, the, the reason that I named the podcast episode um, is, our Latin, is Our Latinidad Defined by Our Food, mm-hmm. um, which is a funny conversation for me to have because my name is literally at Big Chief Burrito. Yeah, it's a uh, burrito. And, 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 but that's more based on a joke and a time mm-hmm. and a place than anything. But they took this, um, they, were, they were doing a bunch of comics uh, for uh, DC, for Hispanic Heritage Man, some alternate comics. And this is um, something that this artist drew in honor of um, George Gonzalez Camarena, uh, famous mural, and uh, the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the flag, the lantern, a bunch of st- stuff behind it. And as companies are allowed to do, they take their artist's work and they can modify it. That's one of the things about being um, a comic book artist. You can draw some stuff and then they can add it. They can change it. Etc. Etc. Mm-hmm. And they changed it to this. So they yeah. cha- they changed the flag to Viva Mexico. They put him in space, and they gave him literally a bag of tamales. Yeah. What does the bag say? The bag. It's just, it's just tamales. Okay. The bag. In case you didn't realize it from the yeah. tamales, it says it. <laughs> it says tamales de Mexico. Oh my god. Okay. So the question is out there. Um, what percentage of your Latinidad is 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 represented is strictly by your food? And is it enough for them to justify and that's and it wasn't just them, right? It just wasn't them. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's some other type. So here's a, another Green Lantern with what I can only assume is like a real messy burrito. I don't know what What's in there? What? What? I don't know what she has in her hand. She's, yeah. got like, she's got like a chalupa or something, which is another thing. <laughs> um, this guy's got a bunch tacos. of, I mean, yeah, like, I guess these are tacos, right? I think, yeah. Is, is, like that, is that Blue Beetle with some tacos? Is that what that is? <laughs> and then uh, this guy's at the Platanitos Fritos Cafeteria, Cafeteria oh. Planet, which are, <laughs> with a bunch of plantains and some, I don't know, that looks like some beans and rice or mm-hmm. something, right? Um, so these are some of the variant covers that they came up with to honor us, um, to honor us. Um, so what are your thoughts, Sophia? I, I don't know how to feel. I mean, it's, I'm not like outraged, you know, but it's, it's a little, it's a little offensive, a little stereotypical. Uh, I definitely don't feel honored. Do you, do you feel honored? No, I don't. I don't. I don't feel honored. Well, this is the image that he was trying to honor, right? You know, to the fame. Uh-huh. And then they turned it into, you know, then that's what he came up with, right? And mm-hmm. they turned it into this. They turned it in. They literally just went for the lowest common denominator, I feel. Man, DC really did that? It's. Yeah. 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 That is the lowest common de- denominator. I don't. Uh, why would. Why is it always the food? It always has to be the food. There's, you know, there's other aspects to Latinidad. It's not just we have awesome, amazing food, although we do. Our cuisine is amazing. But, man, yeah, tone deaf. Yeah, I mean, the food is awesome. Our food is incredible. Um, it's very similar. I think, you know, like Colombian and Mexican food is similar. It's just sometimes yeah. it's different style beans. It's, you know, tortillas instead of arepas. It's a bunch of things, right? Um, yeah. but I don't, but I think to, 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 to take, to, to say 
to not be able to dig deeper mm-hmm. for Hispanic Heritage Month than to say, hey, let's make this real Hispanic Heritage Month. No, the flag isn't the flag and the mural and the eagle with the snake is not enough. No. I need something that really says Mexico. <laughs> and when I think Mexico, I think tamales. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's like, who who approved this idea? Who thought this was a good idea? Well, it wasn't uh, the original artist because they... Mm-hmm. Um, here's the article from NPR. DC Comics reduces Latinos to their food and Hispanic Heritage Month covers fans say. Uh, although Hispanic Heritage Month doesn't begin until September 15, DC Comics had an early start by revealing several special covers in their attempt to celebrate the upcoming month. The mm-hmm. covers, which were revealed in June, featuring several DC superheroes surrounded by holding or eating a variety of Latin American foods such as tacos, flan, tamales, and platanos fritos. Comic book fans on Twitter, especially Latino fans, aren't too happy with the interpretations. Uh, seriously, I can get over how pathetically uncreative these covers are when it comes mm-hmm. to virtually representing Hispanic heritage. Um, Eduardo Miranda Rodriguez, who is a creator of his own comic book series, La Boricueña, and has collaborated, uh, believes that these covers are tasteless. I feel that it's incredibly tone deaf, like you said. Mm-hmm. Almost a parody of our culture, and we were reduced down to food. You know, um, and you know, and that, and that street food. It's very, very codified for me, but also speaks to how unaware they are that it is coded and that it is offensive, that it is tasteless, and it feels very exhausting. Mm-hmm. A feature, a cover featuring Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern has received more heat than the rest. It shows a hero holding a large green flag in one hand that reads Viva Mexico, while the other holds a shopping bag full with the mouths. That is not, however, the original illustration. Uh, in June, illustrator George Molina revealed on Twitter that he had created a Green Lantern cover for DC. Uh, like I said, it was supposed to be an homage to La, Pat- La Patria, mm-hmm. um, a famous mural by Mexican painter Jorge Rosales Camarena, and the unfinished illustration, he was holding a lantern, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, according to, the, to Molina, the cover was not supposed to see the light of day due to legal issues, and how it got promoted by DC remained a mystery. So, so he mm-hmm. made that cover. They were trying to see if it was legal to do it, and then they just took it. Um, their characters will continue to spy generations to come like they have before, but it's exhausting when you have a situation like this. They just don't see this as a pretty to do something to celebrate our heritage and, in essence, turn it around and make a mockery out of our heritage and reduce us to menu items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, don't reduce us to just our food and then expect us not to find it degrading. And, you know, by coding it as like, oh, it's, uh, it's in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. Like, bro, come on. <laughs> In honor of his Scottish <laughs> heritage. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, if this is giving me a Taiga. This is this is sending me back to his music video. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. This this could definitely yeah. be uh, an an um, yeah. See, I I think for the main part, it's um, I mean, you look at it and it's just more like uh, I don't know, like the caucasity, right? Or it's just the <laughs> yeah. uh, the. Yeah, like I said, it just feels very low-hanging fruit. It's like mm-hmm. the easiest thing in the world is, you know, you taco eating this or you, you know, empanada eating that or burrito eating, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it just, it's so, it's so basic. It is. They it's can just, be more creative. Like they could even be more creative if they were trying to be racist. <laughs> Like, even, you know, like you can be more creative either way. You could be more creative, you know, you could Mm -hmm. be, I mean, like I said, it's almost like 
and I've said this before, I don't mind the fat jokes if it's original and it makes me laugh. Yeah. But if it's like basic, like, are you going to, you know, you know, hey, yes, Lou, I am going to eat that. Or if it's just like, oh, my God, you're so fat. I just don't feel that. I respect it from a joke standpoint, right? Yeah, because it's not funny. It's not funny. If it's it's all right, make it funny. funny. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to remember that I'm from a the generation um, (laughs) where (laughs) the generation where, um, and this is why Gen X is 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 kind of like the last fight against. I don't want to say wokeness, but but you know political correctness and and that sort of modernized movement is because we prided ourselves on having thick skins, you know? So when we say the eighties and nineties, it was different uh, in terms of like, no, that was, that was a thing you were, if you had a limp, you were limpy, you know, if if, if you were fat, if you were fat, you were fatty. If you well, were, you know, like if Latinos too, like we give nicknames to everything. Like, oh, you got freckles, you're pecas, you're fat, mm-hmm. you're gordo, you're mm-hmm. skinny, you're flaca. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, and we, and we, so it was a badge of honor to be able to talk shit and take shit talking. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like you, you, you got into the group and it was either, are you okay with your mama jokes or are you going to be butthurt every time we tell you, you know, your mama jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, this is the ASMR section. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say Yo Mama was also a show in the early 2000s. So this isn't a Gen Gen X thing. Okay. We're still pretty, uh, we're still pretty uh, asshole-y, I guess, (laughs) in my my early age. In your early age. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that's kind of the main thing is anybody has any thoughts on that? Let us know. It seemed like an interesting, um, way to kick off the month, (laughs) even though, um, it won't start for another two weeks. Is it two weeks? Wow. I don't know why I thought it would be next week. September 15th is when, uh, it officially starts for some reason. In two weeks. All right. I got to put up my Mexican flag. I mean, I already got my tortilla blanket. All, you know. Yeah. Would you go out <laughs> with that in public? I did. <laughs> I already did. Oh, really? I w- yeah. I went to a movie theater and we took we took the tortilla blanket. I was rolled up like a burrito. It was great. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's awesome. Am I just as bad? Holy shit. I'm over here talking shit about them with their tamales and i'm over here walking around with a burrito blanket look my name is big chief burrito i i i i I can't say that i haven't appropriated that food as part of my persona you're not even mexican so i'm not even mexican but our company (laughs) is named after uh the food that you get at san diego more than likely at two in the morning which is a burrito at 2 a.m and we had so many of them so so many of them that it became a running joke with our friend anthony who was who i saw last week and i was like dude you you were like the original 2 a.m burrito guy and he was like yeah Mm -hmm. and he had a lisp and he said lou the burrito's waiting for you the taco shop is worried it's 2 a.m you haven't shown up yet and that's where and then we were going to name our company. We said, let's just call it 2 a.m. Burrito. So what uh, burrito, what taco shop did you go to at 2 a.m. back in the day? Back in the day, it used oh, to yeah. be, um, it used to be, it used to be over, because we used to play poker over at 
Higgs's house. So it used to be Santana's uh in like that area i don't know if i don't know what you call it like like university like yeah. area over there it was it was a santana's that then got turned into a castaneda's but it used to be santana's and it was open all night we used to walk over there and that was the that was the bomb yo nice what i was gonna ask what 2 a.m food do they eat in new york what's the equivalent <clears throat> Yeah, if it was New York, it would. I mean, the most common is a two. Uh, in New York, there's there's pizza places open. Um, there's also a lot of diners. People go to it two in the morning, mm-hmm. like diner diners, not like Denny's, but like diners. Fuck, I was gonna say Denny's. <laughs> yeah, but or or I guess now like shawarma or whatever. That's like all that like mm-hmm. Eastern that food, which I never. It was before my time that 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 was kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he uh, pizza diner. Uh, obviously, uh, TJ would be what like street hot dogs and tacos. Yeah, definitely you know, tacos. Yeah, depends. You know, Chicago, it's like deep dish or whatever the fuck they eat out there. It depends. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, let me see what we got here. One of the things that we had talked about last week is the raging battle. Yeah. Rage the raging battle between uh lesbians and uh the more progressive parts of the LGBTQ movement. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about how adding colors added a riff and then um them thinking that progressive to the point where there was a gay parade in um the UK. Mm-hmm. Where the and uh, a lesbian group got kicked out. It's called Get the L Out UK. Get the L Out, mm-hmm. and they apparently had signs that said "Lesbians don't like penises," and that was considered radical. So, mm-hmm. so I and I don't. Th- I think this is probably propaganda because I don't think I because I think one of the things that they're saying is that lesbians. Mm-hmm. are being told that unless they date trans women this seems like fox news stuff to me right like this sounds propagandish mm-hmm. yeah that lesbians who don't date or who say they don't want to date trans women are being told that they're bigots or that they're turfs or something like that mm-hmm. um and i think there is a man i just i find it so interesting somebody should make a movie about this um because it just seems like the weirdest thing in the world. So this happened at a um, at a at a parade in the UK. Mm-hmm. All right, and then there's an article coming. Kind of, kind of. So at the moment, your march, this group of people, yeah. is causing confrontation between different groups of people. Whatever Yes, that was your way. 
and your safety all right yeah so they removed the gay they removed the lesbians uh with the offensive signs that said lesbians don't like penises um the pride movement no longer yeah so that was the uh and then there's a lot of reaction. This is what the T has done to LGB. Oh. Sheesh. E. 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 Um, ah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they were removing them because I'm assuming it's not because of what they were holding. It was more so because they were, it looked, they were inciting some sort of conflict as well. Am I wrong? Or here's the <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> it's like, why are you so pressed about trans people? Why are, why would you feel so attacked? Right, but I there, don't know. There's 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 no segment. There's no because uh, I mean I've, I've, this is a com- not something that's because I, I, you, you can also say the same thing about like trans women and, and cis men, right? You can say, yeah. like, you could, you could tell me a million times, uh, a million times that if I don't date a trans woman, that I am being a cis trans woman, that I am being, uh, I don't know, sexist or homophobic or something. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter to me. It's not going to change how I feel. I'm not right. I, I don't. I understand, and I believe that trans women are women and they exist. But that doesn't mean that I have to date them, right? That doesn't mean that I have to date them because, yeah, I don't want to, right? Well, now we're yeah. Now we're getting into the like preferences sector, right? Like, um, mm. for example, just because I'm bi doesn't mean I'm trying to hook up and date hook up with and date everybody that I fucking lay eyes on. Um, We all have our own preferences and not to get too deep into like even more dramatic situations, but (laughs) like race, for example, I was Mm -hmm. having this conversation. I was listening to a podcast called horrible decisions and they were talking about um, basically how black women by and large are like at the bottom of a totem pole. Right. And so the whole drama between black men dating white women and stuff like that. And there are a lot of studies that show that when it comes to just preferences in general, black women do tend to score the, uh, um, at the bottom of most people's preferences. Um, and so anyway, what I'm trying to say is like how much of that is racism slash transphobia in your case versus just preferences and how how much leeway are we going to give ourselves to have said preferences? Because you shouldn't be forced to date a trans woman if that's not what you want, right? Mm. And you also shouldn't be attacked because you don't want to do that. Um, it's not like you're yelling it from the rooftops and, you know, talking shit about trans women. It's just not your preference. So I don't know. I don't take too much offense to that. It, it's more so the of both sides. Like, you don't have to be a turf and be an asshole. And and constantly degrade trans women and say how you won't, wouldn't date them or whatever for whatever reason. Um, just say, hey, that's not my preference. And then the other side of like, just because someone doesn't want to date you 
doesn't mean that they're immediately turfs or racist or whatever you know the case may be i don't know if that's problematic to say but i think allowed to have preferences yeah i don't i don't i i i I wouldn't even i mean i wouldn't that's like where i would be like yeah no i don't really care if that's problematic to say that but it's just that's a personal preference you can't Mm -hmm. you can't the same way i can't tell you that you have to be straight or you have to act like you're assigned gender you're you're assigned gender at birth and that you you know yeah i'm not telling you that but you can't tell anybody else that they have to love you or date you because of what you say you are right that's Mm -hmm. kind of like i understand that might sound weird or sound like not 2022 language but i feel that that would be where i would be like "Eh, it's you get a little a little too far there yeah. You know, I'm with I'm with uh, trans men or men, trans women or women. Uh, I'm not going to mm-hmm. dead name anybody. I'll try to use correct pronouns. I'll try to do all the things that I have to do. I will, you know, uh, you, uh, identity affirming healthcare saves lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Trans kids, uh, kids. I I myself do think that if I had a kid, I try to advise them to wait until they were a little bit older to do anything that would be body altering. Simply because I know that when you're 8, 10, 12, and between 15, 16, 17, and before until your frontal lobe uh, finishes developing at 25, you can really change a lot about what you feel. But I also understand that if you grow up and you know what you are, and I should, I wouldn't know that because I mm-hmm. felt like who I am my entire life. So I wouldn't know how it feels to be somebody that's 8, 10, 12 years old that is told they're a boy, but feels like they're a girl. I don't know how that would feel. So for me, it's very easy to say, well, wait till you're 18, 20, then get the surgery and don't get hormone treatment and don't use binders and don't use all these other things mm-hmm. because I've always felt the same way, but it's, it would be impossible for me to say how somebody else should feel. So I don't know. I can't, mm-hmm. I'd have to be in somebody else's shoes and I, that's impossible. So I'm with all that, but I do feel, I do feel that that part of it is a little propagandist because I don't think that there's any, I mean, maybe you say that push as far as you can and then bring it back a little bit. That seems like a, you know what I mean? But I don't really think that there's anybody that's writing down. If you're a full lesbian woman and I come up to you and say, Hey, guess what? (laughs) If I just, if I walked up to a bunch of lesbians and I was like, guess what? I'm a lesbian. And then they're like, yeah, but you still got a penis. He's like, yeah, but I'm a woman and I love women. Mm-hmm. And and then they're like, yeah, well, we're women that love women. And I'm like, cool. I want to hang with y'all. I want to bang you. <laughs> like those the lesbians have no right. The, they don't they don't need to. They don't need to be OK with that, with my fucking, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Are so, you comparing that to the trans experience, though? No, I'm just saying that 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 I I I what I'm saying is that I have no idea what the trans experience experience is. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's very easy to say, "Hey, just wait till you're older to transition. Do this, da 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 da. Um, try to live with yourself." I mean, I know a lot of the hardcore gay thought processes, you know, that's anti-trans is saying you don't have to be that drastic. You can just live in your own body and just mm-hmm. be attracted to your same sex. But I don't know enough about that. What I'm saying is that when it that that I, I I'm with all that and I respect all that and I respect. Um, and I respect that process because I don't know enough, but I, I feel that when you start, I feel like it's not real that they're going that far. 
Mm-hmm. I feel that's like I feel that's it sounds like propaganda. It sounds like a scare tactic. It sounds like something that somebody would say in anger. Oh, they they want you. They they want us all to date trans women. They want us lesbians who hate dicks to date trans women with dicks. Yeah, that's their agenda. You know, I mean, it sounds like like what you know a lesbian speaker would say on the, you know, on a pulpit. Yeah, kind of like when, against- when gays were just trying to fight for gay marriage, and they were like, "Well, they're going to turn your kids gay, and everyone they want everybody to be gay." And how about marrying a donkey? Yeah, huh? is that okay? And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> All right, just a little bit more background on that. Um, the lesbian group Get the L Out UK founded to protest gender oh. ideology and the pressure on same-sex attracted women. See, this is the thing. And the pressure on same-sex attracted women to date trans women oh. joined Pride uh, Simru, Simru yesterday to make their voices heard amid a sea of hostility. Ever since the trans movement decided that lesbians who reject sleeping with trans women and are somehow morally deficient, same-sex attracted women have been harassed, defamed, and abused in the name of trans equality. Get the L out represents those old-fashioned lesbians. Old-fashioned yeah. lesbians. Birkenstocks and... I'm talking... Gym, hey. gym, gym teachers and... <laughs> Go knock the Berks, okay? That reject. Get the L out. Reprint. I just love this line. Get the L out represents those old fashioned lesbians that reject the penis and all that is attached to it. Um, And this is article by this as a lesbian that came out in the life of Mars days of 1970s when I was when I was told on a race. So this is an article told more from the from their point of view. And you can call this person a turf. Um, but basically this is the, their side of it. Um, you know, the hostility towards any lesbian that stands their ground amongst the new cool queers. Okay. This, this article, just so you know, mm-hmm. this article was actually retweeted by, by, uh, JK. Oh, this- Joe, come on. But, Joanne. but look, listen, we, we, we got to look at both sides of everything, right? We got to take a look at it. So, yeah. So you can sort of get an idea from this. Um, the first few sentences right there, the pressure on same sex attracted women to date trans women. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much of that there is. I don't, I don't understand. No, I don't think so. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, who's pressuring you? You sound like someone's pushing you up against the wall and like forcing you. Like are people kidnapping lesbians and forcing them into relationships with trans women? Like it's the, the panic is like, it comes off as very like also right wing, like you know the pan- they just panic over everything, blow it out of proportion, and they just fixate. And it sounds like they're really fixated on. I don't know who the fuck is forcing you guys to date anyone. No one is fucking forcing you. You just feel attacked because, in this case, trans women are the less privileged. Let's be honest. Um, and so now that, you know, they're pushing for equality, what, you feel threatened? Like, calm the fuck down, people. Jesus. I mean, if what you really want is for them to have their own movement, then say that. Yeah. You know, just be like, listen, I want to separate the trans movement from the LGBTQ movement. It never did make sense to me that they just, instead of having their own movement, they were just like, let's just keep adding letters. Yeah, well, it did become a very, that's another argument that could be made is like, how inclusive are we going to be? Because like how we talked about last week as well with the adding the black and the brown colors to the pride flag, there's a lot of people that aren't with it. And it's like, because it's a racial issue versus a sexual orientation issue. 
Um, and then, yeah, you could argue that trans and non-binary folks are more gender oriented, you know, body dysmorphia type as opposed to sexuality because a trans woman could be a lesbian or they could be straight or vice versa. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's a whole nother debate. And you know, um, now that you mention it, one of the things that I thought about as well is that this is similar to how they say, Oh, they want to add pedophiles to LGBTQ. Oh they, you know what I mean? Like the, that's, that's yeah. another talking point where they're like, they don't just want to stop at trans. They want to add, they want to normalize, uh, people who love kids and shit like that, which is again, I don't think that th- that does anybody seriously saying that that you should that you should do that, right? No, no, it's the slippery slope fallacy of like, oh well, now they want to fucking you know bring now that furries are here, it's like uh, fucking what is that? <laughs> Not pedophilia, um, bestiality and like all this shit. Mm, it's just like mm, okay, mm. no, no, it's. It's not that slippery of a slope. Calm down. Also, um, two questions here. But this is uh, when I did the the um, when I did the logo editor. This is one of the suggestions they had for me. Hint the show just just so you can know. <laughs> oh my god! No, did it automatically? Like it was just an automatic. No, it was just it was just like I just yeah. It was like a bunch of different options. So I mean, they gave us stuff like this too, like Hint the show. Uh-huh. Mi gente okay. show? Yeah. Oh, that, that, cool. Mi gente show? Oh no, no, no. Oh no, no. Mi gente show? I made I made I have a bunch. I have a bunch. Oh, that's but cool. but but this was one of the ones. Just, <laughs> just sort of. So for Hispanic Heritage Month, I'm gonna keep this one up for the rest oh, of the show. Oh my god, no, you are not. Are you well, I'm just kidding? We'll, we'll we'll change it to another one. We'll change it to uh Oh, there's sweet. so many. I love them. Yeah, all right, let's go with this. That's one. cool and that's cool. Mm. I like it. Um and second question, what would be, uh, you're going to a furry party with your new fiance and you can't let him down because even though he's perfect, his red flag is that he's a furry uh-huh. uh, or she's a furry. Uh-huh. Um, you have to come up with an outfit. What is your fursona? Uh, I'm immediately, I'm immediately thinking of like a unicorn type situation. Yeah. Mm, I think is you're that- a little... I think you're a little rookie for, I don't know if you're going to, I don't know if you're going to go unicorn right off the bat. I don't think if you, I don't think, I I don't think, I don't think you step into like a a fursona and you're already a unicorn. I think that's (sighs) like, I think that's like five, 10 years in the furry game that you can be like, is this some experience shit? Okay. I think so. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a noob. Maybe like a Care Bear type deal. Mm. Orange Care Bear. Orange Care Bear. What would you be? My persona, um, I don't know. I guess it would have to be some sort of bear. Although I've been told I'm not hairy I enough. Think, to bear. I was thinking you're not. You're a seal. Otter. I was the, otter. Otter. Wow. How do you know the terminology better? Ch- I'm a chubby yeah. otter. I'm a chubby otter. Yeah. Chubby I'm like otter. a yeah. I'm not hairy enough to be a bear. Yeah. And I, and I think I'm too old to be a bear now. I mean, definitely was never. You could you could chop me in half, and I still wouldn't be small enough to be a twink. So yeah, no. you know what I mean? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Hey, I know the terminology. I know. Yeah, you're, hey. you're, you're hip with the gays. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm hip. Two and Burrito loves the gays. Um, so, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I think I would probably be some sort of like polar bear, maybe. Although white, Ooh. white for a fursona, that could get messy. Yeah, that could. Oh, yeah. yeah you don't, you don't want white. <laughs> what? I, 
You don't use oh, unicorns right. and you don't go polar bear because that's too hard to upkeep. You need to think yeah. simple, guy. All yeah. right, fine. Maybe alligator. On the topic of who you would date versus not, would you ever date consider dating a furry? Listen, like I said, I would date pretty much anyone depending on other factors. Like I would debate, uh-huh. I would date a Republican girl. I would date a Republican girl. Oh God, girl. we would not be friends. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. Like I can fix Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> I can Dude. fix her. I can I can fix her. You are right. like those girls that are like, I could fix him, but like, invert, <coughs> yeah, you're just like, look, absolutely. I've made no secret of the, of the fact that I don't like boring. I, 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 I heard that advice of if you, if you want a good night's sleep, don't marry a good looking woman. And I was like, no, I don't, I want, I, if, if I can't, if there's not at least a threat of me waking up with a knife to my throat, I'm not interested, <laughs> you know, but you like I mean, crazy. I do. It's not that you just like hot women. There's hot women that don't have mental issues and you go for the mentally insane. Unstable. Yeah. I mean, I know they don't necessarily go, go hand in hand, right? That's a generalization, but, but it is, you know, there's a little, there's a, there's a nice segment to pull from. There's a nice segment from hot, but crazy chicks. Mm-hmm. What percentage yeah. of like hot, I'm talking about like eight to tens. What percentage of eight of, of eight to tens do you think are, um, some sort of diagnosable insane, ins- uh, insane. I think that most, unless this is a caveat, they were ugly with, as a child. Unless I there think, was a glow up situation. Yes, I think that if you were an ugly child that got bullied and then you glow and then you did a glow up, mm-hmm. um, I think you're a great person and you're a hot, great, mentally stable person. Versus I if did- you were hot your whole life. Although I do know, and I do know some people that uh, like dudes that used to be fat, but got skinny and they're almost always assholes. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that makes sense. It's like, they probably have this like, oh, me voy a esquitar. Like now I'm hot. Yeah, something like that. Something now like I can that. be an asshole. I can do it. Yeah. That something like that. Speaking of my girl, Sydney Sweeney, uh, this was the tweet from um, Starvos. Uh, Stavros, uh, I for one am shocked that Sydney Sweeney, a blonde with huge titties that works on classic cars for fun, has Republican parents. Um, <laughs> so essentially, what happened with her is that um, Sydney Sweeney uh, uh, curated a uh, MAGA themed uh, birthday. Now, she didn't post the pictures with the people with the red hats. She posted this picture. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, she posted this picture. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay, which is uh, for her mom's 60th birthday party, and you'll notice uh, homie with the uh, Blue Lives Matter flag here in the middle. Jeez. Oh, and they did like a country theme, country theme, right? Uh, and then uh, basically her brother um, posted this picture, and you could see in the background back here some red hats. Mm-hmm. And some people with the oh. red hats here, right? Oh no. And mm-hmm. what the hats actually say is uh make 60 great again. Make oh. 60. Because it's a 60th birthday party. So they're not MAGA hats, okay. but they're MAGA hats. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, like we wouldn't have a party like and be like, make burritos great again. We wouldn't do that, right? Because you I, wouldn't no. even you wouldn't want to be associated with that, right? You wouldn't, yeah. 
you wouldn't want even the thought of somebody to be like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the stands doing acrobatics in the quotes mm -hmm. and replies saying that the hat say makes 60 greater gun. First of all, MAGA inspired. Yeah, it's a MAGA inspired. It's not a MAGA, but it's MAGA inspired. Listen, uh, I, I, if it was like a parody party, I think I have less to say. Mm -hmm. But the Blue Lives Matter guy, it's it just sounds like it sounds like her and her and they're so white. There's just they're so white. Like there's no way that they're there's not MAGA supporters, right? Yeah. And then her response is, "You guys, you guys." Sydney, I am on your side. I don't think you I don't think there's a better way for you to clear yourself of this, but to have a well-publicized affair with a Colombian filmmaker mm -hmm. just so that they can't say you're racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd be like, hey, I fucked this guy. I fucked this uh this burrito guy. I, I, can't uh, I can't be racist anymore. And you get the street cred. Uh everybody's happy. So Sydney. Call me. Um, yeah. You guys, this is wild. An innocent celebration for my mom's milestone 60th birthday has turned into mm -hmm. an absurd political statement, which was not the intention. Please stop making assumptions. Much love to everyone and happy birthday, mom. Yeah. Okay, but like, here's the thing. You're white. Like, how do you want us to not make assumptions? <laughs> and you're in cowboy gear and you're like, you're giving big MAGA, MAGA vibes here. <laughs> make 60 great i don't know that okay because i don't mind if like a gay person uh gets like a make i don't know fucking something make gays funny. great again yeah I, I don't know make something right make america gay again oh well, that like, was a thing like there's a yeah like there's a there's a cheese there's a company that does cheese in san diego mm -hmm. and they and they have some they have a shirt that says make america great like great cheese. Uh, again. Yeah. yeah See, great again. Like little punny, like play on words, something like that. Yeah. Make yeah. America gay is for sure a thing. Right. Um, so I get it, but for the most part, you're all cis, straight, white people, right? And mm. you're celebrating an older person's birthday. So it just it just seems it doesn't seem like a party yeah. or it seems it, like uh like what is it called? A tribute. Listen, if you if you were like if you and Laura came to me and they're like, Lou, we're throwing you a 50th birthday party and we're going to make it <laughs> we're going to make it like what? Like you don't make somebody's party a parody of that unless there's enough people that are like, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, exactly. like exactly like whatever. Anyway, it's like I mean, people do <clears throat> throw like themed parties and like one like in the early 2000s that i saw it was like um white trash parties mm -hmm. where people just like you know dress like white yeah, you know yeah, rednecks the, or whatever but it, this doesn't look like that this looks like they genuinely were like she's probably a maga person and they were like oh here mom like you would like these hats but <clears throat> i don't know if this is in the de in defense of the whites but they also sometimes <laughs> throw ghetto parties where everybody comes dressed up right and they also dress like uh they also drink like dress like Pancho Villa and stuff for, for Halloween. Cinco de Mayo. For Cinco de Mayo, they they bust out the sombreros. So maybe the Watts are just the people that love to cosplay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, def in defense of the Watts, uh, how I became a Latino reactionist, uh, right wing podcaster by Lou Martinez. Yep, there you go. You know, if we went right, you know, if we went like full hard hard heel turn uh like mm -hmm. like actual latinx reactionary we would like 
how popular we would be. They're yeah. craving, they're craving, they're craving it. It's so easy. Um, uh, what, uh, what about, what about having big boogs means Republican? Uh, okay. As a blonde with two titties, I confirm yeah. I also have Republican parents. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the boobs. And of course the internet claps back. You could have made your point of being unsurprised without objectifying her and blasting in on her baddie. This is gross and weird. Oh God. Right. Now, what do you, it was a joke. What do you, what do you think that this is enough to get her canceled? Um, and where are you at with the whole canceling people based off of their political, uh, uh, yeah, ties, I guess. Um, I myself am, um, look, if, 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 if I never found out that, or I never wanted to know about Chick-fil-A's political affiliation, right? Yeah. But finding out about the stuff they do made it a lot easier for me to make a decision on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with actors. I had this conversation with Randy and Merrick on the other pod a couple of times. And I was like, how do you separate, you know, your work? What if what if there was like a super mega producer or something on set? Or what if, you know, the director was spewing a lot of shit? What would you do? How do you separate that? So I myself try to distance separate those things i try to separate the art from the artist as much as i can unless it becomes something that i that they cross a line that i can no longer respect like i told mm-hmm. you like there was a poker player that i really followed their duck poke i followed their pod i watched all their videos and stuff yeah. like that but then they started getting all fat phobic and said some stupid ass shit and i was like eh, i have to punish myself and get it out and get and stop following you and mm-hmm. you know but Everybody's got their own lane. I'm also just like everybody else, a hypocrite, because even though I might say something about the Fidel Castro thing, I got no problem with Ana de Armas playing Marilyn Monroe, you know, yeah. but that's an so, overcorrection to some yeah, extent, to some extent. So I, is she a good actress? Does she do a great job on, on euphoria? Did uh, Gina uh, Garano, the lady from the, whatever her name is, Gina something right from Mandalorian. Um, that turned out to be super MAGA. Did she do a good job on her show? Yeah. I don't think she should have gotten canceled for her political views or taken off the show for her political views. I don't think she should be taken off of euphoria for her political views. I don't think that's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so no, I don't, I do not think that people should be canceled because they are either one party or the other, or because their parents are of one party or the other. It's like if she could have thrown her parents a Fox news party, it would have been the same shit. Yeah. Her, her her parents her mom is 60. And she's in her and, 20s which means who, she has an which means she has an old mom. Yeah. You oh know, so yeah. Yeah, she, her mom is 60 and um <clears throat> she's got an old mom. It's say me if I have kids. <laughs> exactly. And um so yeah, she threw her mom a party for something that her mom and her family and one of her uncles or her dad showed up in a blue lives matter shirt. And she posted the picture and people are like, and, and people now mm-hmm. take any, if they just, I don't know why, but they feel as if you, if you are capable of that thought, then I have the right to hate you so much that I want to deplatform you or cancel you. Mm-hmm. And I understand where they're coming from. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you understand where those people are coming from? The deplatforming, not so much. The 
personal cancellation like you did with uh, Chick-fil-A or with that poker player, um, mm. that's totally, yeah, that's that's viable. I mean, I there's certain, yeah, Chick-fil-A, for example, like there's certain things that I go out of my way to like not partake in because of their, um, because of their ties to, I don't know, the right or whatever it may be, racism, sexism, fat phobia. Um, but deplatforming for having a political view, I would say only if it gets dangerous. Um, as in like you're spewing just like actual like violent rhetoric, mm-hmm. kind of like Andrew Tate was, right? Yeah, I think I think I also, for example, like I... Like I don't have any problem with Republicans, but I did find myself that if there were far right wingers that were spewing a lot of stuff or commenting a lot on posts that were political that I didn't agree with and I didn't already know them or was already like actual friends with them, I would just sort of remove them from my Facebook feed at some time because like sometimes I'll post some stuff about the issues that I'm that, I, that are important to me, uh, immigration, Latino rights, uh, other stuff, you know, um, you know, when like, I remember I posted a story about ICE agents that were uh, that went to a fact uh, like a meat packing factory and, and, and arrested like 50 people while their kids were away at school. And I was just like and then some people were like, oh, rules are rules. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yep, peace out. I don't need you in my life and stuff like that. So. So even though I agree with people's opinion, it's uh, listen, the thing about the Internet today is you can curate it. You can curate your own experience. Um, you know, the, the, the Internet's only going to push back to you what you seek. Obviously, there's stuff that it's going to try to promote. But for the most part, if there's people on your feed that that's shit, if there's artists and shows that you don't want to watch, you don't watch it. Um. I murdered my algorithm over the last several weeks and it's partially the show's fault because I looked up so many red pill and like uh, Jordan Peterson videos and Andrew Tate oh, videos. Oh, no. it's unrecommended. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube thinks I'm an incel now uh, <laughs> because basically like my entire feed and recommendation is just like, like my shorts feed is all like these little, uh, <laughs> like uh andrew tate videos and uh, yeah. jordan peterson videos and what's that guy's name uh uh, be, uh, uh ben shapiro videos and oh, stuff like no, that not ben shabibo ben shabibo owns oh. leftists in debate oh, like, no actually no. actually <laughs> actually you were born with either a penis or a vagina and my wife's vagina doesn't get wet mm, no <laughs> wet ass p word sounds like a medical condition to me <laughs> Yo, it's so embarrassing that he literally admitted the fact that he can't get his wife wet. Yeah, sorry. On man. camera. Oh my god. Sorry, man. You know. Ben. Top G's can make a woman's wet without even touching her. Yeah. You gotta, that's top G behavior. He's not an alpha, he's a beta. You gotta tell her about your Bugatti and you drink your Perrier water. His accent yeah. is so weird. Uh, but anyway, like I said, yeah. you, the internet is something that you curate for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think these people, like, like I said, it, 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 some, <clears throat> we need more perspective. And I think that we have a perspective right now where if you know absolutely what's right, then you should, then, then everybody else has to agree with that. But that's a boring universe. You have to let people disagree unless you know it's something that's harmful, hateful, spreading hate, spreading dangerous, vile stuff. And then in that case, I think we have a responsibility to stop it. But for the most part, 
you curate your own experiences online. So get rid of the people in your feed that don't do anything for you, that bring you down, that, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I snooze people a few times. I hit the snooze 30. If they start posting too much bullshit and then I, I, I check back in on them in the month. And if they start annoying me again, I'm like, do I know you? Do I want to work with you? Are you a colleague that I respect? Mm-hmm. Are you somebody I'm trying to bang eventually? There's only a few categories of people uh, that you keep course. on your social. There's only a few categories of people that you keep on there. You know what I mean? Is this like, you yeah. know, a pros- a prospect that I need to keep? <laughs> uh, you know, there's the grooming section, Sophia. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Yeah. So you curate your own experience. Get rid of the shit that you don't want to see. Um, the last thing on this that I saw that was interesting is uh, DJ Bella Ferrada accuses Sydney Sweeney of being racist to her boyfriend. My Mexican boyfriend was trying to fix lighting by you at the HCA Awards and you freaked out and had your boyfriend come shoe him while he was just doing his job. Um, all I see are red hats and red flags, Ferrada wrote in the comment section of Sweeney's Instagram post. Girl, bye. This explains why you got so scared when my Mexican boyfriend was trying to fix lighting by you. Blah, 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 blah. Why are you so scared? It's giving Karen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's oh. unsubstantiated. Interesting. It is unsubstantiated. So, again, I, I I will withhold all opinions until, you know, she becomes, I don't know, fucking just like a right wing spokesperson. So far. Yeah. If I see her at a rally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I see you at a rally, then we'll see. All right. This is somebody that I didn't know existed. Um, so apparently there's there's somebody called Becky G. Do you know who Becky G is? Fuck yeah. I love Becky G. Do you? What? <laughs> what is this question? That's like asking if I know who Bad Bunny is. Apparently, I didn't know who. The, I didn't know that. The, I didn't know she existed. But damn, yeah, she's like one of the only like Mexicans in in reggaeton. Like, there's a lot of Boricua, you know. There's a, it's a lot of, and she's like Mexicana. Yeah, okay. she's fine. She's uh, yeah, we love her. We love Becky G here. Okay, all right. That was just that's that's simpiyama, simpiyama. That was uh. My boomer moment. Yeah, you know, I don't know anything about modern music. It's nothing. Oh, another thing. You should actually look this up. Benito. Mm-hmm. Bad Bunny. Kissed a man. He pulled a Madonna. So I, saw I saw yeah. that. The, I saw that at the BMAs. Yeah, pull, up a, pull up a tab. Pull up a tab real quick. I want to talk about this. <laughs> <clears throat> well, go ahead. Speak on it while I pull it up. Well, he... he okay, so what happened was in the VMAs, he had, he had a performance and... We, uh, performance of <laughs> Compton's own Becky G. Thank you, Latino slant. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows. Polly knows. <laughs> um, no, so in the VMA performance of Titi Me Pregunto, he kissed um, a female and male backup dancer. And the internet went fucking wild with uh, a response. There was a lot of the traditional Latinos who are like, you know, homophobic there were and then by and large his fan base were very supportive mm-hmm. yeah and yeah i mean i personally my take is it was hot <laughs> i mean but i love me i love me a bisexual man i know i'm in the minority because a lot of straight women and even bisexual women just women in general really dislike uh bisexual men it is very sad i feel very bad for them um i think i talked a little bit about my social experiment a while ago um and yeah so so you guys just let bad bunny 
do what he's going to do. It's fine. And I just do, I do love partially the fact that it's like a Madonna moment of our generation where it's a reggaetonero, mm-hmm. you know, kissing a man and a woman. Like who, who would have thought that? He, I feel like he's done so much to progress Latinidad um, within, you know, the genre of not reggaeton, but la, la, Latin pop. Like he's just everywhere. He's like a deity at this point. And he yeah. did the crossover without having to uh, talk, speak English. Like he is one of the only artists that has done sort of a crossover, I guess, and is really big in the United States and worldwide. But he's never <laughs> spoken English, like in his music. So, yeah, no the um, the hate uh, the hate that he got was there. He is kissing the yeah. kissing the dancer. I mean, it, it was a, a full lip kiss. Did they he slip a little tongue in there, or was it mostly PG? Uh, it was it was very quick. It was a quick peck, very PG. But I like the one. Is that the Madonna comparison, like side to side? That's pretty cool. MTV VMAs. Yeah, a Madonna comparison. I think I saw that on Twitter. Let me see if I can find that. No, it's, well, it's, it's fine. But it's what's fine. Your well. Uh, I mean, oh, there it is. There it is. Here, here we go. There you go. Wow. Yeah, I told you I, I got one good at the internet. Boom. There she is. Yeah. Bad Bunny referencing Britney and Madonna's Infinite MTV. 2003 performance at the wedding theme. Uh, so 2003, 2022. So the gays are 19 years behind. Yeah, I mean, I guess the bisexuals. I don't know, because again, this is a man who's coming from a predominantly um, heterosexual culture. Uh, and even when he did drag for the Yo Perro Sola music video, he got a lot of backlash. Like, for example, Anuel Doblea and other artists that were just saying like, oh, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of faggot terms and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it got really ugly. There was like a big debate. And I think that's when his audience grew um, because everyone doubled down and it, it became like, at least for women, like Yo Perro Sola was like a huge feminist, like it had to do with like the femicide, um, that's happening, um, in Latino America. And so, uh, yeah, so we were just that after that, he, I think that was his like jump from just like a reggaetonero to like a really like huge, just artist. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, he, he, he was he was a he was a reggaeton star and a and and big in Latino community for a while, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was like kind of like you know our megastar for a little bit. Like mm-hmm. he was getting close to like just big peak Latino uh, fanfare, especially uh, especially major cities, you know, Miami, New mm-hmm. York, L.A. And, and big in the party scene, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden he gets into like the j-lo shakira selena super bowl you know yeah so and he he, he's on narcos then he's on bullet train he's getting crossover Mm -hmm. and all the while he's very sustained very humble um he he you know he he his his concerts in puerto rico a, a month ago right they were like legendary like even there was memes of his after parties his after after parties there's you know it was it was insane uh, basically shut down the island. So he's he's basically gone from a local star, a regga- reggaeton star, a Latino star, to a megastar um, that that that's right now matches any superstar level that I ever saw. Like, 
you know, she hasn't won an Oscar. He he hasn't won an Oscar. He hasn't married uh, Ben Affleck yet. <laughs> but I mean, he's getting close to like J J Lo status. Pre- I mean, right? I mean, yeah. No, he is he, very close to legend. And I I love the fact that he started off as like a very like macho masculine trap artist. Um, and I read this article where he said like, well, yeah, that's what I had to be at the time to you know come up. But then once he hit, you know, the megastars, well, not megastar yet, but like superstar status, that's when he started. Yeah, that's when he did Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana and now Un Verano Sin Ti. And so, yeah, I love I love when artists get big enough to the point that they can finally be themselves. So, yeah, well, that's the thing about being an artist, even a painter or that much is that, you know, the thing about being an artist is or like a, a painter, for example, is if you get if you get a hit with one style you have to continue to, to, to paint in that style um, because that's the only thing that's going to make you money. So as an artist, you know, you get, you get, sir. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So you, if you get, if you get pigeonholed into one style and all of a sudden you get gained, it's almost like they couldn't deny his fame, you know, mm-hmm. it's like he was a Latino star, but he just, he, he, he busted out of, of just, the genre and the music genre and the Latino genre to superstar level to where everybody's playing it. He's, he's, he's an A-lister now he's in movies and, and, and TV shows. Mm-hmm. He can pretty much probably pick his next project. He can pick whatever he wants to do. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if he really wanted to, he could come on this show, you know, <laughs> he's allowed. <laughs> yes, please. That would make, uh, that would make my day, week, life. <laughs> make bad Bonnie, bad Bonnie, bad Bonnie, went to Baca. Let's reach out to Baboni. Baboni. Arribate. How does it feel? You turned 28. Yeah, I did. Yeah. How does it feel to know that you're three years too old to date Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, man. I missed my shot, man. Leonardo DiCaprio and Camila Marone break up after four years. Now, and, and the reason this is interesting, this is a chart of... Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. So this is this is this here is Leonardo's age. This is from 24 to 44, and then this is Leonardo's girlfriend's age. So when he when he was 24, he was dating 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Back down to 20, 21, 22, 24, 25. That's Leo's age limit. Back down to 23, 22, 20, 21, 25. Uh-uh, 24, and then he's been with his current girlfriend. Since Until she, was, she got to 25. <gasps> and now she's turned 25 and the relationship is now order. So the wow. kids born today um, are the, the there's a girl, there's a lucky girl being born right now that's gonna be that, that Leo's gonna that, that Leonardo's gonna date when he's 72 years old. Oh man. Man, I miss I missed <laughs> the boat, didn't I? Damn. You missed the boat. You could have been, you could have been somebody. Now we talk a little bit about sort of the overreaction to age gaps mm-hmm. that kind of pop up all the time uh, with Hollywood relationships and stuff like that. There's some that are obviously creepy <laughs> and, and, and what have you, but there's a difference, I believe in age gap and grooming. Grooming is, I believe, you know, like, like the, the whole comedian guy that the married, that was 50 and married a 24 year old. He's like my longtime girlfriend and he met her. 
at a game night at his house when she was like 15 and they started dating when he was 18, right? Mm -hmm. Grooming, I, I think, is defined as knowing somebody from when they were in their formative years, teens, like the Ezra, Ezra Miller stuff where uh, they met the person at the, um, at the protests for the, um, the pipeline. And that's when she was like 15, 16. And then all of a sudden she's 18, 19 and, and she's living with him and stuff like that. There's a difference between that. And I think a 20, 22 year old person dating an older person, that's a celebrity or rich or established or like a athlete or stuff like that. Right. Do you, do you feel that those are two separate things and that they shouldn't be looked at in the same lens um, sadly, I feel like this is very specific to the people involved because, uh, for example, in some places in Europe at 16, you can, you're legal, right? And you can go ahead and date a 50 year old. Um, it, it, I think mental maturity and definitely hitting, you know, the point where your brain is fully developed is important. Um, but if I'm going to be a devil's advocate, uh, it depends because when it, you're a celebrity, you also still have the power dynamic, right? You can ruin this person's life. Um, and so dating an 18 year old as a 50 year, as, well, even a 30 some year old Leonardo DiCaprio, there's still yeah. a very big power dynamic. So I don't know that I would call it grooming, but there's a power imbalance that then you can use against them, right? Right, but Leo's dating models that have probably been modeling all across Europe right. since they were like 14, 15. He's, mo he's, he's dating actresses, maybe, you know, that have been in the business for a while. It's, like, it's beneficial for them for in their career. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Um, like you wouldn't bum around with Leonardo DiCaprio for two years, hanging out on his yacht, going to red carpets. Like even if you, even if you thought there was a power dynamic and you felt that it was kind of creepy to date a forty-year-old, I mean, right? There's there's some sort of cold-bloodedness to that situation if if you're looking at it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, I just think I just think it's different. I just think there's a there's a difference. Although I think I, I understand what people get freaked out about certain like huge age gaps and stuff like that um and we talked about the fact that the like the seniors that dated the freshmen everybody thought they were mm -hmm. creepy because they couldn't get but somebody I, their own age yeah but, but we talked earlier also about preferences and once you're an adult man or an adult woman i mean there's women of a certain age that say, say hey dizzy miss lizzie hey, thanks for stopping by um there's women of a certain age that love that that like young college dudes and younger dudes right i yeah. mean the and, pool boy fetish yeah totally. But yeah there's definitely and then there's there's women that that have daddy fetishes and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that etc so i think you have to separate those things I, I think you have to separate the people that are creepy and that are uh, grooming um because those are people like r kelly and these are other people that you mm -hmm. know ezra miller and stuff like that and you know cognizant legal aged adults who are both getting something out of the situation you know, yeah, know. there's a there's a dynamic in every relationship right yeah no i agree i agree so that's why that's why i think it's it's a hard topic to talk about because uh it is very it should be individualized to whatever the situation is i don't know where mentally there would be uh latino slant asks uh when is the appropriate age for a fully developed person so the frontal lobe which is the part of your brain that makes like you know uh 
judgments and all of that. It doesn't develop until I believe 25 years of age. Um, right. It's 25. I, uh, so, right. but we let, yeah. we let, we let people go to war and die at, tw- at, at, 18. A, at 18. Yeah. And, so there's a lot of, yeah, there's a and, lot of, and we let, debates. we let, we let women do porn at 18 as well. That could mm-hmm. fucking ruin their life. Yeah, so, like I said, in Europe at 16, you can drink, you can do in drugs. In Alabama. Can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alabama or something, I think it's 15. Yeah. That's that's how they got Jared, because he was fucking, yeah. he was going from state to state, like, oh, yeah. I can go to Alabama, I can go to Mississippi in Alabama? <laughs> exactly. And I, and I have said before that, like, I think life experience has a lot to do with it. I think that uh, people mature at different points and for different reasons. And so an 18-year-old who has had a very, I don't know, experienced life can has gone through a lot is probably more mature than a 40-year-old person that was very privileged and grew up in a bubble. So... Yeah, the 19-year-old that Leonardo DiCaprio is dating is not like a 19-year-old that's fresh out of high school and an intern. No, somewhere, she's an know? experienced model yeah, she, that has seen shit. She's been around the world. She's had fucking producers and actors and other models do coke in front of her. She's, you know what I mean? Like she's been she's she's got some life experience. She's not she's not some 19-year-old angine that's like, you know, fresh fresh off the bus, you know, to to getting off in Hollywood and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. You know, and listen, I'm just I'm just saying in case I get rich and famous and win an Oscar, I just I'm trying to set the standard for what I'm going to be doing once you see me, once you see these stories about me out there. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're like, I'm yeah, you're setting a precedent. So that. Yeah, exactly. I'm really trying. I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to sell it. You know, (laughs) the chat. Uh, there's, uh, I think a 21 year old woman that knows what she's doing by dating a millionaire. I'm sure she's aware how the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. For four years, she was, she, she was on red carpets with Leonardo DiCaprio. He's got a frigate. He goes on yachts all the time, you know, like I'm, I'm still baffled by the fact that once you hit 25, it's like, no, you're done. Like he's never dated, honestly, anyone above 25. That is insanity to me. He's been he's he's like the line from he's like the line from uh from from Anchorman. We've been coming to the party for the we've been coming to the same party for 20 years and in yeah. no way is that depressing. <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. I, I mean, he's a hero to some. I mean, some would to, to some. Some would call him a hero. All right, let's get a little palate cleansing here going. All right. All right. All right. Cute girl. <laughs> She's like, I don't like this. <laughs> Oh my god, I want her to break it so badly. She still was broken fucking life. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what a happy ending. Oh my god. That there we go. Amazing. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. She was all over it. Yeah. Uh, he's my hero. Yeah. Leonardo. Why wouldn't he be your hero? I mean, the guy's rich. He's fucking making great movies. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's turning into the models when he turned in, when he turned 25, he's like, next. He's not. He's living. Yeah. He has a clean, uh, clean record as well. By and large, right? He hasn't done anything creepy, crazy, or racist. Uh, well. Well, there was, uh, fuck, um, I don't know, somebody might know the title, but there was, there is a rumor of this movie, or maybe it got released, it's something like, um, it's like Plum something, I, I fuck, I'm, 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 I'm not remembering the name, but basically, uh, it was Leo and a bunch of other stars from that area, when they were, get, when they were, like, when when Leo was like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, they were like a party pack. They've done like parodies of them in other movies and stuff like that, where it's been and it's and it basically like even on Bojack, I think they had, I think it were called like the Pussy Posse or something. But there was a they were fucking they were crushing some ass back in the day. They were putting up some numbers. They were like going around partying. Uh Toby Maguire, yeah, Toby Maguire, oh. Leonardo. Yeah, I think it was like plum something. Hold on a second. Well, Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there it's like a it's Don's Plum. Don's Plum is the name of the movie. Uh Leonardo DiCaprio, Tommy McGuire, Kevin Connolly. Um so and it's basically like a like a black and white documentary that's basically following them around. Uh, but it's kind of like sort of like their life. Um, so yeah, so I think when they but that was pre-cell phone camera, Leo and the Slub Bros, yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. So, so I think they they did do some 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 shady shit back in the day, but probably <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I mean, listen. What else are you gonna do when you're good looking and rich and famous? All right. So this is another story that happened uh, over this last week, and uh, basically, Drew Barrymore got in trouble for appropriating. Um. Okay. Well, here. Let, this is kind of one of those. Tell me what you think, and then I'll tell you why people got pissed off situations, okay? Okay. You and I both. Okay, so this is the reaction video, but this is the initial video is basically um, Drew Barrymore posted a video of herself, like, rejoicing in the in the, in the the rain, right? That was this. Mm-hmm. The, 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 right. Then this lady come on, and she, she had this reaction to it. You and I both know. That you are capable of enjoying the rain and frolicking freely without filming it and then posting it to TikTok. Now, you've just co-signed, okay? You've just co-signed at least 3 million, 8.5, front and back. People who just go out of their way to disrespect and dismiss the boundaries that black creators have set. And, and now, now you're, you're one of those people. So. All right. So she basically got mad at, at Drew Barrymore for posting that video. And that was the reaction. Okay. Uh, what did she say about she signed for something creators? What? So basically, you know, the whole thing about like, uh, uh, what was that? What's her name? Adriana Ray or whatever it is. And, and she got in trouble or because she was basically taking. Uh, black TikTok creators dances that they made and then 
they were getting 10, 20, 30,000 views and she was getting five, six, seven million views on it, you know? Gotcha. So she, she was taking dances that were created by black creators and repeating them. And she did it on Jimmy Fallon and then they got mad at her too and stuff like that. So basically the trend is, and it's always been to take people of colors, black, brown creators stuff. And then, uh, like even like the 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 white te- remember the, the thing with like the black teacher and he would give each of their kids a specialized handshake right when they oh, came yeah. into the classroom and then a week later the white teacher would yeah. do the exact same thing right one of those things so apparently the trend of um going out when it's raining and filming yourself was started by black women okay so that there was the trend of posting those types of videos in sort of a like I'm freed you know, sort of like, um, you know, mm. a, an exercise in, in, in exercising your freedom or exercising demons or whatever it is that you want to call it. The first people that started doing that, that started the train were black creators. So what she's saying is that by her going out there and doing that, she's given a license to other um, non-people of color, non-black creators to go out and keep copying and keep stealing from black TikTok creators. Oof. And yeah. at first it was like the, the main thing of this was like, uh, you know, people were posting it and saying, I thought this was parody, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, why would you get mad at somebody posting themselves out in the rain? Yeah, that's what I was thinking at first. I'm like, why? What? <laughs> the, the tone doesn't match the the video, the action here. Right. So do you think it's just, you know, so so how do you feel about that? Do you think it's just something completely innocent or do you sort of agree with her uh, the, the reactions point? It's hard because it goes back to just appropriation in, in every form. Right. I mean, am I still angry at Elvis for taking Hound Dog from Big Mama Thornton? Yes, of course. Right. Like it's a history of white people always getting anything that's like underground and, you know, from people of color and then after you get a palatable white man usually doing something then it goes viral um so that sucks right but at what point is it too much like drew barrymore can surely go out in the rain right (laughs) i don't know so it's 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 ridiculous man Exactly. No, no, no. So, yeah, that's. I mean, nobody, nobody owns the rain. Nobody owns the rain, and nobody owns just feeling your freedom and all of that. So it's hard because does it exist that that you know some white creators do get something that's a little more niche and underground, and then appropriate it, and then it becomes widespread? Yeah. Do I think that that's like necessarily what's happening here? I don't know. And then are people of color going to be mad at me? For even commenting, right? Because I'm light-skinned. And so they're probably like, you can't even speak on this. I think Drew this Antonio's saying that to start a trend, is he? I think I I I think she might have done it, but I think I think the question is if it was the thing is, if something is already a trend, regardless of yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's that was her argument and the defending's argument is that she didn't have a childhood, she da 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 da. She had a lot of struggle. So, oh, so yeah. for her to be able to like frolic in the rain when she used to be on set when she was seven years old. And I think she was doing drugs and fucking she partying to, in Hollywood. She would go to her. Her mom would take her to Studio 54 at like six years old and everyone yeah. would be fucking having orgies and doing blow. Like she's had a childhood. She went to rehab. So I was really scared when he said something about Drew Barrymore. I was like, oh, no, am I going to cancel her? No, this is nothing. I don't know. I feel like this is very blown out of proportion. But 
And then I also feel fucking wrong and not PC saying that, right? Because then if that's how she feels, that woman, then that's how she feels. I don't know. I don't no. think that it's validated, but I also don't want to invalidate people's feelings. I don't know. What do you is, what do you think? Is this what you're talking about? Has she been crying over it? That might be. Okay. Well, listen, look, um, two things here. Number one, yeah, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore's had a tough life, so if she can she can go out and frolic in the rain if she wants to, and if it's gonna Ooh. it's gonna make her feel better, then good. But you can't be a celebrity or an influencer or somebody now and not realize that there is a trend and that has happened, like you said, since Elvis, but but now more prominently. Uh, the black creatives, especially on TikTok, as it pertains particularly to TikTok, there is a trend of people taking their stuff and popularizing it and doing it with a white, uh, you know, with a white actor and then getting props. So do I believe that it's blown out of proportion and she has the right to frolic because of her past and who she is? Yes, absolutely. But it might be smart for her team or something to at least recognize that that do that maybe she could have done the same thing but she could have done a side by side with somebody else that had done it Mm -hmm. and maybe to promote them she could have you know like but is there a point do i believe that maybe she hadn't even heard of that Mm -hmm. right do i believe that she did that just on her own it's a little bit harder to believe that she didn't at least know those types of videos existed does she have the right to do it yes is it a little bit like you know is it a little bit something that she'd at least be aware of and, and think about before she follows through it, before she does that? I think so as well. You yeah. Know, her people especially for the one, Yeah. Especially when you're the one with the larger audience, cause clearly you're going to gain more traction and more views. Right. So people are going to think mm-hmm. that you created this trend. So if you know that it's a trend that's already been, you know, happening, the least you could do is just, if you're going to do it, do it. And then just give credit where credit is due. That's what a lot of TikTokers are. That's kind of the, um, that's kind of the, the process follow is like if you're going to do a dance and somebody created it, you can always go and see who was the first one to post it. And you're like, Hey, at blank created the trend, whatever. Um, same thing with YouTubers. If they, if you see a trend um, that someone else already created, you say, oh, all right, credit to blank. So yeah, I guess that's the only step she could have taken, but am I like, am I, you know, do I think that she's like a terrible person for frolicking no. in the fucking rain? No. No, no, no. <laughs> do I think no. that she had malintent? No. Do I think no. intent matters? Yes. Right, but the lady who posted that really got a lot of shit back, so she did a bunch of explainer videos, but I don't think she should have gotten that much shit. I think she she yeah. has a right to feel that way. She has a right to feel that way. There's a conversation to be had, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that's like earth-shattering. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh curious to see what dizzy thinks about this uh have you heard about the florence pew will not be doing press for don't worry darling outside <gasps> of the venice film festival Why? this suggests the validity of a fallout between the director and olivia wald so olivia wald is a director of the movie don't worry darling and it yes. stars florence pew and harry uh, styles, harry styles. Mm-hmm. and there's been a bunch of stuff happening um basically the whole story is that so much drama with this film yeah Mm-hmm. Um, the story is Olivia Wilde was a director, uh, and Harry, and she started fucking Harry Styles while they were making this movie. And mm-hmm. so she, and it's funny cause we have, uh, Shia LaBeouf in our intro and we also have Olivia Wilde's husband, uh, in the, in the little video part. Um, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, yeah. Jason Sudeikis in the, yeah. he's doing the dance. Yeah. Um, and so they broke up. Um, he served her with papers when she was on stage somewhere, which is also insane. I saw that, yeah. 
but she was she started fucking Harry Styles uh, while she was, and then apparently um, Florence Pugh. There was a there was a PA that dropped some some bombs because she was uh, a PA on the set and she saw some of the shit happen like firsthand. So she was posting uh, stuff about it. Uh, but apparently, this may be because of scheduling. But also, she's not going to do any promo for the film outside of the Venice Film Festival. Um, so you think this is a big story? Do you think this this speaks to a deeper issue? What do you what do you what do you think? I, I'm I'm just unsure as to what happened between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. Dizzy Mizuzi said, honestly, Olivia threw her under the bus. I don't blame her. Who threw uh, who threw who under the bus? What's happening here? Well, at one point she wanted uh she didn't feel comfortable working with Shia LaBeouf and she she was trying to get Shia to come back onto the movie. So I know that uh, that 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 was the major thing right here. This is the one that this is the one we're talking about here. Shia, Shia. I just went right. Shia, Shia. I just went right. My horse very sweaty, but I wanted to reach out because I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet, and I too am heartbroken, and I want to figure this out. You know, I think this might be a bit of a wake-up call for Miss Flo, and I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot with me, with us. If she really commits, if she really puts her her mind and heart into it at this point, and if you guys can make peace, and I respect your point of view, I respect hers. If you guys can do it, what do you think? Is there hope? Is there hope? You really know? Shia, Shia. Listen. Don't uh, send FaceTime messages when you're driving. Number one, please. Uh, <laughs> number number one. Uh, yeah. So Shia LaBeouf uh, is a method actor, and apparently he was a little rough to work with. And he left the movie. Um, then she also didn't feel that it was professional that she was fucking Harry Styles and going through this stuff and being very obvious about the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes actors take it too far. Yeah. I like uh, I like yeah. method. I always say I like method actors as long as the actors aren't on meth. Um, mm-hmm. That's my rule. Um, so so yeah, I just thought it was kind of an interesting, an interesting thing that was happening there. Um, I'm interested in seeing the movie just because I kind of yeah. want to see. The other backlash to that is like, oh my god, uh, a female director has an issue with a co-star and people are blowing it out of proportion. How about all the times a male director? had issues with a star and people didn't say shit. So that's kind of like the, the, you know, there's always the the thing yeah. and then there's always the reaction to the thing. So the reaction to the thing was people are paying too much attention to this. So you think it's a big deal, not a big deal. Is it bad that I don't think it's that big of a deal? Um, again, I don't know all of the details, right. But from that FaceTime video, uh, it seems like, She's just a director that's trying to get Shia back. So something happened between him and Florence Pugh. And clearly she wanted him off. And it just sounds like she's this executive that wants to keep the peace and wants her actors to get along and wants both of them to work together. So I don't see an issue. Um, I also, yeah, Dizzy Mizuzi, I think it's publicity as well because this is awesome publicity. It makes me want to watch it, right? And she fucked Harry Styles and her marriage is over and the drama. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I want to hear commentary from Florence Pugh. I feel like. 
but you're not because she's not going to do promotion. But she's not going to pro- do promotion. Yeah. So <laughs> what is, what is happening? Um, yeah, but it definitely. I mean, it, it gets the people going. All right, this is all drama. Got to give the people what they want. Got to give the people what they want. They got to give the people. No, I, I I believe it. Um, it's probably just publicity, but but yeah, I think that if she was being a look as a director. I understand. Listen, I've I've had I've had similar conversations where uh, I wanted somebody from the part and they just didn't feel they were right for the part. And you find yourself in a position of trying to convince somebody that they're right for the part. Mm -hmm. And I think when you find yourself that deep into it. It's almost better to just let go early than just because what, what happens at the end is you spend a bunch of time trying to convince somebody of something that they don't really want. It's almost like when I used to be a boss and I used to work so hard and work so hard with people that I thought had a chance and I didn't want to fire them even because they couldn't show up on time or because they, they would do certain things and you spend so much time to try to get from that firing people. Then you realize that those people kind of wanted to get fired all along or they didn't really care that much or, you know what I mean? So, so I can, I can commiserate for her as a director trying to keep a project together is sometimes hard. And it mm-hmm. seems like she was very hands-on and uh, she was trying to make the Shia and Pew uh, relationship work. Seems like she wasn't really into his methods and he understood that he was a little extreme and he walked off or she got, he got thrown off or whatever. It seems like he, he it seems like Shia sort of felt that he wasn't wanted and left. And yeah. um, I don't know what happened there, but, but either way, I am interested in seeing the movie. Yeah, me too. Man, did and you see her get her, served her papers on stage? Yeah, that was that was interesting. That was rough. Uh. All right, let's wrap wrapping up here. Uh, Johnny Depp was featured on the VMAs. How do you feel about that? Yeah, oh, why was he physically there? He showed up in a hologram appearance, and basically, okay. he he showed up as the spaceman. Oh, it was like a cameo. Oh. I am over Johnny Depp. I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to hear of this man listen, ever in my listen. life again. The, the ju- every day, the justice from Johnny people are get they 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 understand that they're gonna they're gonna come out on the wrong side of of, yeah. of this more uh, of than history. Like, yeah. yeah, people get a hobby. Johnny Depp is fine. I don't. Uh, know. I just don't want to look at him again. All right, Andrew Tate is gay. That would make sense. I could sleep, sleep with, with thousands of women. women. I, just I just think, think it's sport. sport. For real? Yeah. yeah. I'd rather I'd fuck, fuck dudes. Oh, hell Fuck yes. yes. How does How that, that work? work? Well, well, I'm a man of God. God. I read, I read the, Bible, the Bible, I go to church, church. That's awesome. but, but I also I'll suck, suck a little, a little bit of dick. Oh, but this, this is why God wants the masculine males of earth to fuck dudes. All day! What era was that in? Shut up. Okay. Who's doing anal? Me. Because I'm a mom. Really? Which means I'm the one being loud. So God's looking down around and he's like, boys, I just want you to run through boys. Yeah. Wow. I could sleep with thousands of women. I just think it's... I mean, it makes... Who put this together? Who put this together? This is great. Tristan, JHL posted it. I think it was somebody. It was somebody there. The hard cuts. This is great. All right. This is the type of propaganda that we need to do to fucking commiserate for all his sexism and misogyny. So... All right, Josh, uh, Josh Holly. Uh, so uh, Dark Brandon had a speech tonight. Joe Biden's hate filled and menacing, menacing rhetoric was disgraceful. His behavior is increasingly erratic and his threats against half the country, his fellow citizens are dangerous. So 
Joe Biden gets a speech tonight. He mentions okay. Trump a bunch of times and literally he's, he did it, uh, with Marines behind him, like, uh, and the background, like fully red. Wait, like, that's, ac- that's actually real. That's actually real. This is the actual, this is the actual spate speech. Oh, he's owning it. Oh. The greatest nation on the face of the earth. <laughs> Somebody at the White House is going, somebody with influence at the White House is going full troll. I love this. May God protect our nation and may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. God bless you all. Thank you. He's, you know what? He's slowly become my favorite president, dare I say, of my lifetime. Yes. I mean, he's my favorite president now. This, they're going full troll. This is amazing. History tells us the blind loyalty to a single leader and the willingness to engage in political violence. Kami Red. Kami Red background. We told ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it's not. He's going full dark branding. Defend it. I love it. Protect it. Look. Stand up for it. Each and every one of us. From the White House official. Twitter account busting out receipts of people that got PPP loans to now giving a speech in prime time with a full because you know you absolutely know that Fox News Newsmax is going to take that as like it's going to set them he, off he's a communist um, yeah so do, who do you, you think it's like some like millennial because remember the White House, the, the White House had a bunch of TikTokers there, and they got shit for it because like yeah. one of them, they had a bunch of TikTokers show up. So, and then the think- Twitter, the Twitter thing where they kept like screenshotting like the PPP loans after it uh, from from Republicans and senators. Um, I think that whoever's running the Twitter page and all of that is yeah for sure trolling. I love it. Yeah. So I yeah, like I said, the PPP stuff, all that is basically like. I don't know. It's, 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 it's genius. It's, it's almost like they, they figured out that the more they troll and the more they get into the mud, the more people like him. Yeah. That's the cooler. He looks like, I love him now. This is great. My perception has changed and it's not because he helped his sister out, pay her loans, baby. Yeah. I mean, that'll get, that's going to get you off the couch, right? I mean, that that's going to get you to vote, right? Yeah. I think, I mean, it's 40 million people. He gave 40 million people like 15 grand average. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> it's like, oh, we need help in the midterms. All right, cash the check. Money's not real. So it doesn't matter. You're not paying <laughs> for it. It's not paying for it. This yeah. will be, you You will pay one, one cent seven years from now because mm-hmm. we are so far behind on debt, on money that we've created out of thin air. Mm-hmm. When we need money, we literally create it out of thin air. We punch numbers into a machine, then the money comes out, and it's real when it wasn't before. And we borrow that money. The, the, the institution that makes the money come out of air lets us borrow the money for long term. Mm-hmm. So we're bar- the taxes we pay today is for money that we loaned like eight years ago. So don't mm-hmm. worry about it. You know? You're not paying for shit. Yeah, it just it just happens. The same way you're not paying for the army. You're not paying for the fucking bombs that, you know, you know. Meanwhile, like six fighter jets and a bunch of bombs cost the same, but nobody fucks gives a shit about that. That we spend five hundred billion on warships, 
but you give a bunch of fucking brown people a little bit of money off their fucking school and everybody freaks the fuck oh, out. Oh, the world is ending. Oh, no. All right. Uh, just a quick catch up on the uh, Mar-a-Lago Mar story. Uh, a former judge appeared on Newsmax and told the audience the little that the GOG has to reveal. So first it was no documents. Then it was we had the documents where they secure to they were planted. So it doesn't matter if we had documents because I declassified them in my mind. Um, but slowly this week, people have begun to turn on Donald Trump. Um, so basically, uh, this is a former judge on Newsmax. We had Judge Andrew Napolitano on the show earlier this afternoon. Take a listen to what he said. I think that the DOJ has already decided to ask a grand jury in either Miami or uh, or Washington, D.C., to indict former President Trump. And what they've tipped their hands on, the little that they've revealed to the public, and what they've shared uh, with Judge Cannon, is more than enough to indict him and probably enough to convict him. Uh, Rick, I'm going to ask for your reaction to that, what the judge said. Yeah, yeah, I agree with the uh, judge. It doesn't go well for, for Donald Trump. Trump. And, and, and unfortunately, the way that the law works, the way that the DOJ can, in essence, you know, politicize the law, which I do believe happened, it is still a law that some actors that Donald Trump could have, for example, he should have you know, probably applied to the special master, you know, the day after the day after. Uh, you know, now that the Department of Justice has already reviewed all these documents, uh, it gives them leads to follow, even if they don't use the documents. So there may be information in there that, you know, maybe yeah pretty much uh trump uh predictably has been going full trump on his true social platform for the last couple of days going nuts yeah. talking shit um but do you do you think there's a chance that something actually happens do you think he will get indicted yeah i don't know that's hard that's hard to talk about hypotheticals when it comes to big public figures i feel like there's a good chance, but is it too good to be true? I don't know. I hope that he goes to jail. <laughs> I hope right? so. I hope he's so. so rich. I don't know. I don't know. Do I, I, I just think it's funny that Newsmax is allowing that opinion on the air. Uh, I think also what uh, the, one of his biggest, well, she's a big Republican. What's her name? The the I fucks with these crab cakes. I forget her name. Um, uh, she's like uh, she's like a white skinny lady commentator. The blonde you know one. Yeah, blonde. Yeah, the blonde one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, the one that w worked for Trump, right? What's her no, name? no, no, no. She doesn't. Oh. She's she. No, fuck. I I can't stay. I can't figure out her name. Anyway, it'll come to me. Uh, she posted a video that was saying like Trump is done. So there's there's a chance that people and then and then we get DeSantis as the post Trump mm -hmm. Trump. Um, all right, here's another one as we mop up the rest of these tabs. Um, yeah, I, I dream of a world where skinny people stop doing this. How come this is socially accepted, but this isn't when it's the same body? Uh, shut the angles, angles, baby. <laughs> Just because you we can see a little, come on, it's not it's it's not the same, you stupid bitch. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, dream of a, skinny people stop doing that. I know. Stop. What? <laughs> I get the message. Uh, she's trying to say, like you know, we only accept the perfect bodies, toned and everything. But 
Maybe you're not the best person to send that message, ma'am. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, quiet quitting. When you do just the amount of work that you're supposed to do. It's called quiet quitting, T. It means not doing the shit you aren't paid to, but I guess they thought it needed a stupid name or some shit. Um, yeah, so apparently... You know, there's the whole uh, Gary V work as hard as you can work 90 hours a week. That's the only way to be successful stuff. The hustle every second type of crowd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then now the, the 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 there's a new term called quiet quitting, which means, you know, which I don't think is really something that should be. I mean, it's just basically only doing what you're paid to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are trying to normalize not answering work emails after hours. Uh, on the weekends and stuff that that, you know, obviously in in Europe and South America and other places, uh, people take longer holidays. People don't work on weekends at all. We have this American sort of custom to have to outdo yourself to perform better than the next, to be there early, stay late. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's always a counter to that. And the counter to that is more companies are now, more people are trying to unionize, you know, because I think companies and corporations took advantage of the hunger that there was here to get ahead, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, motherfuckers want to work longer? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Boom, 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 boom. And now there's been a counter to that. More companies are trying to unionize Amazon, et cetera, Starbucks. And now there's been a term coined term quite quitting, which is basically just means um, closing your laptop at 5 p.m., doing only your assigned tasks, uh, spending more time with your family, you know, working from home if you have the option, et cetera, et cetera, taking all of your, you know, personal time off, mm-hmm. you know, not volunteering for overtime, stuff like that, not going above and beyond. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, fuck hustle culture. I feel like it's been, I don't know, a detriment to society. I feel like this whole, like, we need to work until we fucking die all the time and then the glorifying of like oh the more you work and your work ethic and all that stuff no if you're being paid for a service don't fucking work more than you're paid for um i think that's should be logical but here in america we're very much like our standard is to fucking like overwork ourselves mm-hmm. um so i love this i love this counter culture to yeah, okay. normalize a, a normalize a three-day work week yeah. We need more time. We need more more okay. time to you know to create, to love, to uh, work out, to spend money. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that. also like people are just like we can only work and be effective for like I don't fucking know. I don't know what the scientific like number is, and, but they've, there's been research on it. But I think it's like four hour day or something like that. Like our brain is only like able to do so much work per day, and then the rest is just filled with like empty space. So an eight hour day isn't even like logical um so yeah, yeah. and this there needs to be a lot of revision homework. to that yeah homework Ho- as well homework too homework too uh all right we got a couple of more mm-hmm. videos here and then we'll do a little bcs and then we'll get out of your way i just want to get your thoughts we can go into it more deeper this is a this is a good tiktok content for the day okay I pulled up to this taco stand on the side of the road and got myself a little taquito de asada and my goodness it did not disappoint so I told the owner I want to pay for everybody's tacos for the next hour and he said so we pulled up the free taco signs and people started pulling up yeah oh damn 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 
Oh my god, poor man. The poor man. He was like, I wanted to have a chill day today. Oh, fuck. I'm gonna cry. Come back tomorrow, motherfucker. Ah, my God. I said I'm a keys at Juixi, a J U I X X E on TikTok. Hey, good, some good t- You know, it, TikTok is a hellscape, but sometimes there's some good stuff that, on there. That made me so happy. I wanted you to. I wanted to show you this video because last week I had uh, I had told you about that thread of all the uh, the all the um, all the crazy TikTokers that, oh, that they're doing on that. But I hadn't been able to find the the front of them, which is what like my favorite. Where the was the the first one. Uh, like they're prepping for civil war. What? Don't lie to me. Just getting ready for my IRS audit. I know it's about to come. Listen, I'm just like you. I see what happened to Trump. Yeah, it's good Trump. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. The Democrat Nazis have gone too far. Just look at what they've said in the Senate in the past. Look at all the ammunition the IRS is buying up. Mm-hmm. Look at the new classification they come out with with uh, the MBEs. I fit that description quite nicely. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, is he, is he, is he, he's got a he's a little punch there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, why are they so theatrical as well? Like, ugh. and then this is the last one I want to show you. People comment on my post and my brother's post. He's also the co-leader of the militia that we started, which, by the way, already has members and people lining up. Now, what is this angle? Segregated, so we don't care if you're black, white, Asian, North Asian, Christian, Buddhist, trans, gay, lesbian, we don't fucking care because we accept anybody who's willing to fight for the Constitution and for this American, for the American people. Now, to those who are wolves, those who are willing to stand up and fight, we're looking for wolves. Please follow. Please stand with us. We welcome you. We're going to civil war, y'all. Follow me on TikTok. Uh, I am worried because like all these idiots have guns, so I'm like, these idiots could just literally like unionize and fucking like act. Not a, it's not gonna get to civil war, but it's gonna get to fucking some sort of violence. Listen, man, if you get a hundred of these guys and they 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 go up against like thirty Marines, or, like actual like in shape service Marines, they're gonna get they're gonna get annihilated. Unfortunately. So it might not it might not end well for them, but it's probably going to take it's probably going to be some innocent people involved as well. Like, I mean, they have the right to, to I mean, listen, the chances of your government becoming tyrannical is never zero. You know, yeah, that's, that's true. That, that's how you're founded. So I completely respect the right to everybody to 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 arm themselves, you know, well-regulated militia. You never know. Right. That's fine. That's community. I understand that. But a lot of craziness happening man you can't be so so insane especially because 
none of this matters. The rivers are running dry, Sophia. Uh, fucking Pakistan, a third, a third of Pakistan is underwater. Are you really? Yeah. I haven't a, heard that. Holy a, shit. A third of Pakistan is underwater. Like, there is, like, severe, severe flooding in Pakistan. Fuck. One million, one million houses damaged, uh, 50 million people displaced. Five zero million people displaced. Whoa. Uh, the Colorado River, a uh, bunch of rivers are, there's no water in some towns in Mississippi right now. Um, so, I mean, this is just our hellscape reminder that. Nothing yeah, matters. The, <laughs> Fuck. The, None of this, none of this matters. None of this matters. Uh, so let's not take it too seriously. You know what I mean? And you might say, Lou, then why are you spending your time podcasting or streaming? If, if we're like, you know, none of this matters. Um, and I say, well, because you got to spend your time doing what you like and talking to people and expressing my opinion is something that I like doing. And I like having a podcast with my friend, Sophia. Yeah. So, you know, you know, whatever it is, you know, you know, I, I, I do other things too. I have my dogs, I have my minion, yeah. I have my family, you know, and yeah. I have to work, I have to work a little bit, but shit, this is the world we have. So if, if it's going down, if yeah. the asteroids hitting or if the fucking water wars are starting or whatever it is, man, we're just going to go out, you know, live in life. Live life. Yeah. Be happy. Living, yeah. I mean, make movies. You know, yeah. I want to make movies. I'll be making movies till the day I die. I love it. That's okay. my art. So do what you love. Spend time with the ones you love. And then don't worry about anything else. All right. <clears throat> Let's do a little TV talk before we get out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. keep, see if we can get this in. Uh, and then on that note, and we'll talk about this later on. But yeah. if, you re- if you really think I'm letting House of the Dragon suck me back into Game of Thrones world after dedicating seven years of my life and being let down by the ending, you are absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, TV therapy time, Sophia, because I know that you and I are both hardcore. Uh, Dan and DB fucked up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it fucking ruined the series for me. Blah blah blah. All this good stuff. But the more I thought about it, and I, I saw some people that are that are mutuals that we know that say they're enjoying the series and that aren't really as bitter as we are. So I think. Mm-hmm. For our healing, yes, we need to allow ourselves. We need to allow ourselves to love again. No quiero. <laughs> Me, yo tampoco. I don't. I, I don't want nothing to do with that. The problem is that that, that it's hard. It's wrong to hold all. It's, it's wrong for us to keep holding the anger in. It's not healthy. Not good for the heart. Yeah. It's not healthy. And yeah. what are we doing? What are, what, are, what are you doing? We're denying ourselves something that's right up our alley. You know, dragons, mm-hmm. fancy white people. Yeah. Fancy uh, white people. <laughs> Dizzy, I still haven't decided to give it a try. No, it's it's the thing, man. It's just, it's I, I, we got we got dragon PTSD, man. We'll do and, it for you. But we'll it's so, it. but it's, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're not involved with it. Now I did find out that obviously, you know, this is based on the, the side story that, uh, you know, it's like a companion piece, uh, a history of Westeros, not a history of Westeros or something else. There's another companion book that, that he sort of co-signed on and a couple of different authors that are part of it. And one of those authors apparently 
post that like has been posting a lot of like racist shit or like always defends oh. like you know so one of the writers might be a little problematic and one of the showrunners um, already left the show but i'm pretty sure they're not gonna let those dudes touch the show hopefully you know you would think like like that was my one fear which is like what if i get into it and then they're like three or four seasons in and then all of a sudden they're like yeah we're gonna wrap up the series now hey guess what we're bringing back we're bringing back the guys from Game of Thrones to help us end this series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the only thing that I was like, man, what if you get invested for, for a while and then all of a sudden they, they do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So part of me is like, I'm just going to wait till it's all done and I'll just binge what binge it like 10 years from now or something. And part of me is like, it's a different thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe even though we know where the other thing ends, we can still sort of enjoy the thing. Where what do you what are your thoughts? You think we should get a shot? I'm down. I worst comes <clears throat> to worst, we can hate watch it and make fun of it in the podcast. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm just, in. I'm down. You just you just gotta record yourself when you watch it. That's all you need to do. Just the put fuck? your put your phone on. We have to, at least the beginning. You know, we gotta record ourselves watching like the first few minutes and like the ending at least. Like so we can see what we look like when when it when it starts. And then so we can see how we look like after at the end of the episode, you know, gotcha. first five, last five. How about that? Uh, that way we get at least an idea of what's happening. Let's watch um, it together. Together. Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm, if, if we do that, then it's easier because I can just set up a, a camera and we'll just get our reactions. Um, but yeah, so it's not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get to talk to you about something after we're done with regards to that. <laughs> okay. All right. So the other thing that I put on our uh, on our um, and I say this for the end because uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about the ending of Better Call Saul. And so I figured it was probably better to wait it that way. People that haven't seen it can sort of tune out, tune out after this. We'll do no anonymous way at the end. We only have two questions. So if you want to skip ahead a little bit, go ahead. Spoiler alert. Better Call Saul spoilers. But you finally got around to watching Better Call Saul and. As a direct comparison to us being scared that Game of Thrones wouldn't stick the landing and they didn't, I was never, ever, ever at any single point in any episode of Better Call Saul for five plus seasons that they wouldn't stick the landing. Mm -hmm. I was so confident that they would get it right, that even if I didn't like it, they would get it right and they would do a good job. Do you agree? Yeah, I think uh, they stuck the landing. Holy shit, that finale. Oh, the entire last season. It, uh, it was it was just beautiful. It was amazing. And again, not to continue to diss Game of Thrones, but the whole the ending will be bittersweet. Mm-hmm. This is the definition of bittersweet. Bittersweet. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I told what? you, I said, it's bittersweet. It's actually bittersweet. It's not like bullshit bittersweet that they sold us, but they didn't cash in on. This is actually bittersweet. It really is. The fact that um, that he was going to take seven years and then last minute went full. He went from anti-hero to just like hero in the last fucking minute. Called uh, fucking, what's her face? Freaking Kim. Kim. What? Kim Wexler. Kim Wexler, uh, and then took the 86 years, like, bro, uh, and you know what, a, you know what a cheap 
writer would have done. I was very, this was something I was worried entering the last season was I was worried that Kim Wexler was going was gonna to die. Yeah, I was, I was just like, I, hey, I, you saw Breaking Bad, right? I did see Breaking Bad. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. in it though. Right. She was like, Right, but that was one of the theories, and you know, I, I get deep into the the Reddit of my favorite shows. So there was a lot of theories. the the whole the whole the whole uh, theory since the beginning of Better Call Saul is once we started to find out the characters is when would we when would we when we would when would we see Lalo and Nacho because those are like the ones that are mentioned when we first see Saul Goodman, and then later on because we know Gustavo dies and we know Mike dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know Chuck and we didn't know Harold, uh, Howard and we didn't, we didn't know Kim Wexler. So mm-hmm. it was always like, Oh, maybe. And then the theories got more and more were like, Oh, Kim Wexler is just, we, she's, she's there during breaking bad, mm-hmm. but we don't see her, you know, like she's running the offshore corporations for Saul or she's doing this, you know? And then there were some theories that she died, but the more you looked at it, like, I don't, the more you saw their love story, the more you saw her love story with his love story with her, the less it made sense that the Saul we knew in Breaking Bad, I don't think he could be that guy if Kim had gotten murdered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if Kim died, I don't think that Saul Goodman would still be a lawyer. I think it would have just ended him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because of how much he, he loved her. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but in, in mind, I thought, how do you get Jimmy to turn into Saul? And I was expecting for Kim Kim Wexler's death to be the catalyst to that, actually. Okay. Um, but it wasn't. It was more so a slow burn into how one bad action justified the next and justified the next. And then all of a sudden, he, he's full Saul Goodman, you know, and he's doing really shitty things. In the same, in the same way that um, you know, Breaking Bad's protagonist was also doing the same thing. They all started off being normal, nice guys, you know, by and large, but debatable because they always had those traits right within them. Mm-hmm. When we go back to his childhood and stuff, um, so I, yeah. So, so I was very happy that they didn't kill her. I don't know why that was my expectation, but they didn't, and. I love the ping ponging back and forth uh, in time, the whole how it's off from the first season in the Cinnabon. And I had no idea, you know, and then at the end, they just close it off. Oh, it's just so good. Like we jumped forward and then how they bring back Kim Wexler and his secretary. And ah, it was just so good. (laughs) The time machine references and and that whole thing. And, And I think it I I always thought that it was because because it was like does jimmy die does jimmy get away to alaska because i think if you look at the main protagonist of breaking bad um you know um walter white dies on his own terms right Mm -hmm. uh with his baby blue uh pinkman suffers more than anybody Mm -hmm. um but he gets away and he gets a new start in alaska and then it only made sense i think that the third person saw the lawyer who sort of made made a lot of it happened um as he said at the end you know like he had the he had the he had the plea right he had the story to tell they took me out there put a gun to my head and and anything i did from that point on was because i was afraid for my life right Mm -hmm. but 
you know, when he told the truth and he said, you know, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't, he would have been dead in a month, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, that was him. Number one, you know, doing the thing that Walt did when he called Skylar and said, you know, you don't know shit. It's my business, blah, blah, to try to save her. Taking the blame. And also, you know, cleansing himself because he, I mean, we saw him, we saw him as Jimmy McGill. We saw him. And then the whole thing is like, Oh, this is the, everybody, this is the moment that Jimmy becomes Saul. You know, it was always, Mm -hmm. it it was always trying to find it. Like when he said, it's all good, man, at the end of one season or, or, you know, but um, so I think it was, I think it was masterfully done. And I think it was just the right amount of callbacks, the right amount of cameos. Like, I mean, like the first scene after the Cinnabon scene is him walking out of the courtroom. And then we see the white Cadillac. And then it's like, Oh, dude, he's already got the Cadillac. And then it's no. Then we see the esteem, the little yellow piece of shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So ever since the first episode, they've sort of been really masterful of that. I mean, it is a slow burn of a series, but you know, like Breaking Bad. Well, yeah. Yeah. But Breaking Bad also had its had a more frenetic pacing, I think. But like mm-hmm. and then the people and then obviously Giancarlo Esposito, Jonathan Banks as Mike Ermintrout from the original Breaking Bad and Bob Odenkirk, mm-hmm. obviously. But then the new characters, uh, Ray Seahorn as Kim Wexler, who should who deserves an Emmy. Fuck yes. Uh, Patrick Fabian as Howard Hamlin is a beast. Uh, Michael Mondo as Nacho is incredible. And Tony Dalton, probably the MVP of the later seasons, Tony Dalton. Um as Lalo. Oh, okay, Lalo. I was like, I don't know who he played. I'm sorry. No, it's because um, of the la- it's because of the last name, right? Dalton? Yeah, I was like, who's Dalton? Ironically, yeah. Tony Dalton is is the most Mexican person in the entire series. He <clears throat> saved it for the Latinos in that one. I mean, he's the only one that could speak proper Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I think I've 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 had this discussion in some Reddit threads where it's like, you know, what is the criticism of the show? There's only one minimal criticism of Breaking Bad in and the whole is, is that I think they have this confidence that the the choice of actor supersedes any need for for being able to speak uh, authentic Spanish. So they're like, Giancarlo Esposito is the actor I want to play Gustavo Fring, and I'm going to force him to be Chilean. And I don't care if it makes absolutely no sense how he speaks Spanish. He is Chilean. And when he talks to the cartel, he's going to talk in Spanish. Even though the cartel speaks English, they speak English. Yeah, they should have just made the. They that. speak. They speak both, but for some reason, he's choosing to speak in his very poor Chilean accent. Uh, Nacho, uh, I mean um, uh, Michael Nacho's Mondo. Good. He, he's he does he does decent. He does decent. Yeah. Uh, the guy who plays um, the Theo um, Salamanca, uh, he yeah. also he also cannot speak. He also sorry. No, it's so no, yeah. bad. It is it is very bad. And then um <laughs> um yeah, Mark Margolis, who plays Hector Salamanco, is not very good. Uh Juan Carlos, who plays uh, uh Luis Moncada, who played the twins, they're much better. And then Tony Dalton. And then the story with Tony Dalton uh is that the first day on set, he um he's he when we first see Lalo, he's in the kitchen making tacos, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess the line that he was supposed to say when when Nacho was asking them what you know, like he's like, "Hey, come and eat." He's like, "Oh, es una receta de familia. Tiene perejil, or tiene tiene something, something real basic, right?" Mm-hmm. And then uh, or cilantro, tiene cilantro. And then uh, and then that was how it was written. And he's like, 
No, that wouldn't be enough of a reason to make it like a special family recipe. Like, what if yeah. I say, and he said like some cactus or something like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's got this in it. And, and he changed the line. And ever since then, they let him change some lines that didn't sound authentic as a, as a native speaker. So mm-hmm. I think they did learn their lesson a little bit and he did save it a lot for them. But if I had one criticism and one very minor criticism at all is that over. And I understand as a director and as a producer, the, 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 you know, you make that decision and it's not a bad enough decision that it fucks up the whole series. Very similar to how I felt about the actor who played Pablo Escobar in Narcos, who was Brazilian and didn't really have an authentic Paisa Medellin accent. But do you, besides the accent thing, do you, do you have, do you think there's any other valid criticism of the series? Um, I really can't think of one. Like mm-hmm. it's just such a solid character drama. It's has great writing, great acting in the Spanish. Um fuck, it's just no, it's it's airtight. It's it's a really it's a really good show. I enjoyed it. Um there were some times that are it's slower paced, but you know you're in for that and you're staying because you want to see the character development. Um and you want to see where this goes. And it's funny because I feel like I started watching it because I wanted more Breaking Bad, right? I was I was just like, I need more Breaking Bad. So I need to see what this is about. And at the end, not that I wasn't excited that all the OGs came back and all of that, you know, I, I was excited. But I honestly, when Walter Winkman were on the screen, I was like, oh, yeah, like I forgot. <laughs> Like I would, you know, I was just, I was, I was more excited to watch the ending of, of Better Call Saul than I was to like for all the throwbacks. And stuff. Like I was excited, but it wasn't like a, it that wasn't what did it for me. It was like I was, I stayed because it was such a good show, standalone, Breaking Bad or not. So fuck, yeah, yeah. I thought the, I thought the, you're 100 right. You know, it, 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 it's almost like the Godfather two and the Godfather. Well, it's like the Godfather is so iconic, but the Godfather two adds to the beginning and the end of it. You know, it's because Godfather two takes place before and after the events of Godfather one, the same way, uh, better call Saul takes place before and after the events of breaking bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways it surpasses it. And that's main, that might be because it's like they had a better budget, more time to plan breaking bad. His first seasons were like, you know, they look different. Da, da, da. So, <clears throat> but, but they were right. It changes a little bit how you see Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, thought that I would want to rewatch Breaking Bad right after I finished it, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like watching Breaking Bad at all, you know? So I think it says what it is. And it's, and, and I think that, um, like you said, the, the transition after the breakup with Kim, where we where she where they break up and then we just fast forward to seeing him in his house mm-hmm. and sort of like uh, i think the 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 term they describe like peter gould and and um uh, vince had described is he flattened himself out you know so we see that saul goodman is this character this flattened out version of jimmy mcgill and it is because of the pain that he has from losing kim Mm-hmm. that he sort of fell into this alter ego. And then we see him again, signing the divorce papers and, you know, mm-hmm. and she's, and she, and then we have the scene with, with her and Pinkman. Um, yes. <clears throat> where she's like, when I knew him, he was a good lawyer and stuff like that. And uh, is he good? He used to be. 
Yeah. And then I don't feel sorry for Kim Wexler because she's banging that guy in Florida that goes, yep, when he has sex. I know. that. Okay, maybe that's another uh, that maybe that's another complaint that I have about this show is what the fuck was that Florida arc about? What yeah. the fuck? That's something Kim Wexler Kim Wexler would never. Yeah, no, especially she's making tuna fish with Miracle Whip. That's fucking yeah. taste, that's tasteless. That doesn't like, taste good. I, I don't know what they were trying to portray that she's miserable without Saul. Like we get it, but did you have to make her life that tragic? <laughs> Yeah, she had the the her, the ponytail was gone. She the, had no friends. And she had zero friends flavor. Had, like, like I'm like, yeah. It was just vapid conversation, boring ass boyfriend. I'm like, she could have had a life, and still, you could have still told us she that did she live missed by, all. She lived by herself though. She had her own house. She probably had a little property in Florida. She took her little money and 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 got down there. Just got a regular ass shitty job. Yeah. She's got like she's got like a marketing job for like a, yeah. a sprinkler company yeah i don't know i think that was yeah it was just made, meant to portray that she had leads a very boring and dull and miss assault and all of that but man and really think, like well do you think maybe she's in penance for howard i mean do you think that she's purposely living living because she uh, stopped being, she stopped being a lawyer like she felt she didn't deserve to be a lawyer yeah and you know she's gonna obviously feel guilty and 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 she broke up with with uh, Jimmy because she knew that they were bad for other people. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's her penance. Maybe that's why, you know. I mean, that could be it. And she did give uh, Howard's wife, you know, the whole story and ability to sue her for everything she has. So maybe, maybe it was. Maybe she didn't feel like she deserved to have a happy life. And then the bittersweet ending of Saw, like you said, going from seven to eighty-six years. I mean, I, I was hoping that maybe they were going to back, go back to the original offer of thirty years, because yeah. <clears throat> that was what they were like. There's like one time, take it or leave it off for thirty years, and he was like, actually, and then, yeah. and then, uh, and then he 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 goes back and he and he says, and at that one point when he says, no, I'm not, he says, I'm Saul Goodman, and then later on he says, no, I'm I'm James McGill, you yeah. know. And then he's like, he's rejecting the Saul persona. He's going back. He's absolving himself of all his sins. He's realizing like when Walter White tells us, you've always been like this. You know, uh, he he's remembering these things, his regrets. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants Kim there. So she knows that, you know what I mean? That, that he's back to, it's important for him to see her know that he you know he's he's telling on himself from shit that he nobody knew about the uh, the uh, malpractice insurance, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. It was just and and they tied all the all the stuff that they were building up to. They tied it up. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Game of Thrones. Take fucking notes. Beautiful. They <sighs> they stuck the fucking landing, man. Mm-hmm. Mwah. It was just and, chef's kiss. And then, you know, the irony is uh, Jimmy McGill is now Jimmy McGill again, but everybody in prison is going to call him Saul and know him as Saul. Yeah. And and I'm assuming he's in. And then you can just sort of imagine that, you know, Kim, like, like, uh, I think uh, I heard in one of the podcasts uh, for the show, they were like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, who knows? Kim might come visit him once a year and. And this and that, and and even Peter Gould was like, I don't know, man. You you know who Jimmy is? Like, I don't I don't think he's gonna be in for eighty six years. Yeah. You know, like 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 even in their minds, like the characters are there, and you don't you you can imagine him in prison, you know, making connections with the guards, running little, not even being a scam, but just just being himself, you know, and and yeah. building relationships, and 
probably uh, taking care of his own like uh, parole and trying to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I think there's still hope, and it's and it's bittersweet because we 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 got the we got them connected again. They're sharing that cigarette. There's literal there's a literal red spark, spark still between of, yeah. still between them. You know, we, we see them smoking a cigarette just like we see them in the first episode. Um, another thing that he says in the very first episode is when he does that speech was in, in the conference room and he says, and you will repent. And at the end, he does repent. Um, yeah. You know, they they brought it. They brought everything back so beautifully. Yeah. I mean, at the end with the black and white gene episodes, were you like, was it an artistic choice? I mean, that's one of the er few areas where people are like complaining about. They're like the 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 two gene episodes and all that stuff. But I think that was necessary mm -hmm. to sort of bring us back because the they were teasing the black and white, and we would get one clip of it per season, you know. Yeah. So I think that it makes sense for 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 some of that. So I loved it. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. I think it's it 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 takes its place in like the top echelon of TV series, and it makes the connection with Breaking Bad even better. I think Breaking mm -hmm. Bad, El Camino, and it, it's great. I do think that people should probably watch Breaking Bad first to enjoy it. If you haven't watched either or, yeah, because if you watch Better Call Saul, it's just the payoff will not be as great in the sense that you won't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's more. Yeah, it's definitely. It's definitely not because yeah because because you want to know what happens to gustavo and mike and walter you want to you want that first it's 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 definitely a troop it's not like a it's not like those things where like the marvel cinematic universe in chronological order they're you know yeah, like how no. you can watch the movies and or you can watch all the halloween movies in year order year yeah exactly. anyway that's been better call saul yeah better talk saul am i right better talk Saul up to 217 yeah. And lastly, before we go, we have two short No Namas Ways. Yeah. Now it's time for No Namas Ways. No Namas Ways. No Namas. All right. We have a short one here. And okay. here it is. It says. All right here. What shall we call you? Should I oh, go to Japan? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, do it. But be very careful about the COVID restrictions there because my I had friends that were going to go to Japan, and then it turned out that I don't. They were like on lockdown. I don't know what's going on, and so they had already bought plane tickets and everything. And it just so happened that at that time it was not a good time to go, and they lost a lot of money. Uh, yeah. The only thing I know about Japan is uh, that the toilets are weird. In what way? Well, I don't know. That's oh. don't know. <laughs> okay. That they're smaller. But should they? Should they go? Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. I want to yes. go. I would love to go to Japan someday. I, I definitely a bucket list thing to go to Japan. Hey, they didn't invite you, Lou. They asked what? if they should go. I said oh. they didn't invite you. <laughs> You're like, yes, I would love to go. <laughs> I would love to go to Japan. Yes. Well, I'm saying if I if it's somewhere I would like to go, then I would want you to go and enjoy yourself. So yeah. So should I go to Japan? Yes. Yes. I mean, if you can afford it, if it's an option, then yes, go to Japan. It's unanimous. Yeah. Do it. I mean, if the question is like, 
should I go to Japan and never see my family again and my newborn kid? Then I would probably say, no, you shouldn't leave your family no. and go to Japan. <laughs> but all things being equal, like unless it, it it's some part of some bigger equation that you're not telling us, you know, because I don't want you to be like, oh, Lou and yeah. Sophia said I should go to Japan and leave my family. We, no, were, given, say that. we were given yeah. zero context. So incorrect information. But in a in, in a vacuum, should you go to Japan? Yes, you should. All right. Yes. Next one comes from enough of the name calling. Okay. Oh. My partner won't stop referring to their genitals by pet names. It was cute at first, but became annoying fast. The Terminator is going to do this. The big, t- the big tuna is going to do that. And the twins are going to land here. Mm-mm. And he can't get off unless I talk about them in dumb names as well. And he wants me to improv and come up with new names all the time. What's it improv? I can't. <laughs> this can't be real like yeah give me all your milkshake uh how can i stop this or should i bail break up yeah i don't know if it's worth it it's not worth it for me no that's no i dump dump him <laughs> okay i'm sorry that was i was i was a that was quite a ride yeah the, the big tuna the big t- the twins <laughs> I'm gonna plop these twins on you. Uh, the big oh. tuna is that an is that an office reference? Oh yeah. Op- Wait, mm. isn't that also like a high mayor mother? It's not about big tuna. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Mm. Still, I don't know. I don't think I would call my junk the big tuna. <clears throat> the terminator, maybe. Terminator. Yeah. What is your What is your favorite pet name for for genitals? I have what. What? I don't have one. What do you mean? I mean, or I guess, you know, like like, like your I, typical ones, if you're gonna say pussy or dick. Yeah. But should why would anyone get creative with it? I don't understand. Sweater don't puppies. Know. Yeah, sweater puppies. <laughs> <laughs> My kitty cat. No, no. Uh, uh, I hate it. Hey, no, I hate it. Dump him. Just dump him. You could do better. Wow. And I don't even know who you are. We can, we can all do better. We can all do better than a man who calls his junk the Terminator and has to reference it during sex. Don't. And asks you to reference it. Yeah. An improv. Oh, my an God. Improv. And on top like, of that, he has requests. <laughs> come up with a name for it. What? exactly am i on stage is this my improv class what's going on here no no listen if he's got one set name for it and he's like listen this is little johnny or this is you know the machine (laughs) is the yeah then 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 then, and he's like listen i would just like you to refer to my dick as the machine it's a choice i'm making it makes me feel happy then maybe I would say if there's like a one name thing is like, Hey, is the machine coming out to play today or something like that? That's a little more palatable. I think you're right. And then it can be maybe even like a playful joke between mm-hmm. the two. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's but, more palatable. <laughs> yeah. But, but if it's like, Hey, come up with new ones every time. And like, I'm sorry, that's too much. That's too much. You're doing too much. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't like, that there is some i do like certain phrases or certain stuff i mean i do like a little bit of communications but i don't want a whole like monologue yeah can you imagine every time you fuck your partner it's like an audition you have to do an improv yeah what am i doing i'm 
Yeah, fuck no. it. I'm saying, what do you yeah. think? What do, what do you, exactly. Somebody, I'm that can't yeah. be any more descriptive than that. All right. Anyway, so yeah, please dump them or set, lay out some ground rules. You know, have the conversation. I'm I'm uncomfortable coming up with names for your cock every day. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna have to say it. I apologize. All right. Yeah, and then he can choose if that's dump worthy. And then his he'll submit an anonymous way and he'll be like, Should I dump her? Because she refuses to call my junk the terminator. <laughs> well, I think that from from a lot of the questions we've had, we can kind of intersect that part of our listenership has some kinks. Yeah. Our, li- our listener base does skew kinkish based on what they're this if, if yeah, if we're talking I'm- about like if like five, ten percent of the people who who listen, or even probably less percent of the people would even think to submit, and the ones that actually do, I mean, it could be a slice. Could be a lot you know, of it's kink related, yeah, yeah. Some kink related, which is fine. Get your kink on, but you know, talk about it. Hey, at least you're having a conversation. Why not? Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, remember, follow us all the social medias, rate us where you listen to podcasts, blah blah blah, all the good stuff. Back next week with uh, David Fernandez, Jr., actor, for a little bit. And then we'll catch up with the news of the week. And uh, this will be posted on the Podbean Network and everywhere you get your podcasts. Probably within a day or two. As always, thank you for watching. Have fun. Don't take life too seriously. We'll try better next time. Peace out. Sophia might be frozen.